What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 52. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the future class of video games. Blessing, Eddie Oye. What's up, Greg? What I want you to know where my mind went, right? Because Bear goes, all right, everybody ready? Yeah, okay, I'm starting the intro's rolling. The intro's going, right? And the first thing I think of as the intro's rolling is, what if, Blessing, I went to intro the show and all of my teeth fell out like chiclets. What would you do? I'm worried about oh. what you would do, not what <laughs> I would do. I don't think it's a bit. I don't think that you're fucking with me. <laughs> First and foremost. And then, like, probably like a few minutes in when we realized that, oh no, his gums are really like just what's left. Yeah. That's when I'd be like, oh no, we gotta do something. I started that is I've I've thought of that as well. Like that is the definitely the um reputation i have that it's going to be like a red fox thing where i'll especially in home quarantine where like i'll have a heart attack and fall out of my chair and everybody thinks i'm doing a bit and it takes like five minutes before anybody actually hits up jen to tell her that i'm dead in the other room that's like my my number one fear on kind of funny content since everything we do is live for the most part yeah and so like if some if you you in particular if like somebody else did something crazy like that i might worry but if you in particular did something that was so fucked up and you like passed out or fainted or like I don't know, spontaneously combusted. I'd be like, oh, yeah. this is a funny bit that Greg's doing. I appreciate sure. it. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've said it before and I'll say it again, just so you know. Mm-hmm. If slash when I die on camera, I want them to air the episode. I want the views. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's legal. I don't know if you can show somebody just fucking croaking. But I mean, you know what I mean? Like, sure, I don't want to. I, I don't Who's going to stop us? Make the money. You know what I mean? I, Get you the, think it's the, against YouTube guidelines? Mm, Plus, much worse know. stuff is happening. Someone, on YouTube. D- I don't know. We would have to look at like YouTube rules and shit. Because what, what didn't one of those like dumb idiot big YouTubers? Yeah, get yeah, in Logan for, Paul. But he yeah. went he, see yeah that Logan Paul went into the suicide forest. Yeah, which is like, is like a different thing, right? Like yeah. I'm talking about like if I just go down, right? And that, Jer- that was the exact thing that, that came to mind when I mentioned that like dumber things that happen on YouTube or like much worse things that happen on YouTube. Not that like oh, I'm not comparing compare the two. Um. But like we could we could get away with it, and if we can't get away with it on YouTube, there are other platforms that we can host it on. Exactly. You think Daily Motion yeah. cares? No, Daily Motion. There's no rules God, over there. No. And we, no, we do have all. like your strict permission, you know. So like uh, again, that's why that I, I reiterate yeah. it all the time because yeah. I you know how it is. You say something on camera, you forget when you did it. It was years ago. Nobody knows what's going on. I want to make sure I I refresh this every so often. But I want you guys to be able to monetize. Not even my death. Even if I just have a heart attack, you know what I mean? I think when Jerry the King Lawler had a heart attack on Raw terrifying but i was glad i was able to, and that was live too so there you go oh really how'd they handle that it was super upsetting and scary because it was that he had the heart attack right while commentating a match so the match is going on and they're like eh, and he's, you hear him go like <sighs> and he's breathing really hard right and then michael cole is his now his partner obviously went dead quiet because he went to private comms to be like something's wrong with jerry fucking get out of here whatever so then it's just this awkward quietness and like you could see him at, when it first happened he slumped over but wwe is a bunch of professionals so they, they then like adjusted the shot so you couldn't but then uh like i was I, I was here in san francisco and it was happening obviously you know uh, uh on a east coast timer and so like it wasn't live live for us you know how like they live to tape for the west coast i had to like get a bootleg streamable link to then watch somebody else's feed of what was happening and like eventually like Michael Cole came back and was like, you know, the King seems to have suffered a heart attack. He's been taken backstage. He's going to the thing out of respect for him. The rest of the night will be done without any commentary. And, and like Michael Cole said, like a rousing speech of just like, you know, fight King. You're like, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, 
oh my god like to see wow. them dealing with their friends tragedy in the moment scared me even more than just reading something bad had happened but of course yeah. king's fine king's fine and he's, yeah. he's a cleveland browns fan so he's been having a pretty good time oh yeah man that's crazy Woo. i never even i never knew that happened uh congratulations yeah. cleveland browns because that was dude that, i tweeted about it this morning <laughs> that's the takeaway i that's crazy i didn't even know that happened Congrats anyways congratulations Brown. to the cleveland browns uh, it, I, I, I tweeted that this morning like it's it's weird because like i i never considered myself a browns fan just because they've always been absolute ass and like my stepdad sure. was into the that's packers fair. and stuff like that so it was actually fun to watch a team that actually won games um the browns have only gone to the playoffs twice in my life 2002 and this year and this year is the furthest they've ever been into the playoffs in my life <laughs> wow just to give you like a taste like I've, I've been around since 95 baby and yep. yeah the browns have been just absolute it's, ass ever since they it's came back to, to like, Cleveland. it's similar to how the the cubs a few years ago went on to win was it the world series yeah and that's what it is. yep before that, Against like growing the up in Illinois, Indians, which was uh, that that hurt a little bit. But growing so. growing up in Illinois, we had a running thing where we would just make fun of the Cubs because they're always been. known as a terrible baseball team. I mean, we did, I, we, yeah, we did that for sure in Illinois, bless, but so did the world. <laughs> they were the lovable <laughs> losers everywhere. They weren't. It wasn't. It wasn't just. It was a well known thing outside of Chicago. Yeah. The Cubs sucked. <laughs> yeah, you always love to see that. Now, is there in the vein of like the the uh, Jerry Lawler, Jer- sure, Jerry sure. Lawler stuff? Is there anything that you're like afraid of? That could happen live because I like even if it's like something that might not like something that's likely not to happen. Because for me, always in the back of my mind, I don't know why this is a specific thing, but sure. I'm always scared of getting a nosebleed live on oh, camera. Oh, okay. For because sure, that's something sure. that I, I I deal with a lot. Like depending on what the weather is and like how I'm feeling in a day, I can get nosebleeds very randomly, and it happens very frequently for me. Okay. And that's like one thing where if it just happens suddenly, one it's very plausible for me. But then also like I wouldn't really. I guess I would know what to do, right? I would just say, "Hey, I have a nosebleed. I'm going to step off for a second. Yeah, but like, still, there's still there's still that fear for me. No, I'm not worried about anything. No, you know what I mean. I think at any this point, anything that happened, like if I just vomited right now, right, and everybody broke it out, like everybody would be like, "Oh my god, look at Greg Miller's vomiting." Like, oh yeah, he's he'd be. I hate Greg Miller. No, I already know he's weird, and I like the content. This is weird and fine, or I just don't even care. I know who Greg Miller is, and I don't care. It'd be fine, like you know what I mean. But I'm, I'm, you know, That's I'm old. That. You're the future class. You have That's so true. much to li- lose. I'm invulnerable true. now is what I've been told. I've, I've been I can say like, or do anything on camera. Nothing can stop me. N- not like being on camera, but like I've like worry about like what's going on in the rest of the, like the apartment. Like is Andy okay? Is he safe? Like sure. if, he, if he's dying in his room, no one's going to know because he never leaves his room. Exactly. Yeah. Like is that like, the thing too? You'd find his body when, when he, when he missed that one stream and we we're all like, oh man, does he have, do we have to call Barrett? Yeah. Like that's a shit you put on you. You got to knock on the door. No answer. You walk in there. There he is dead. All his chibi fingers fell on. Yeah. Him and then like he's, he's Lulu naked. runs in, eats all of his uh, goldfish, you know, it's sure. going to be. Yeah, yeah. And you, then you got a dog. Sick too. That's Terrible. even worse. Yeah. yeah. You know I mean? And she I loves goldfish. Dog. He keeps uh, feeding her goldfish. Well, I mean, that's why he likes her, yeah. or why she likes him. Yeah, you know? she. Lo- oh God, I, I think Andy is Lulu's favorite person ever, and it hurts a little bit. Yeah, that's rough. But you have to be the disciplinarian, right? So I mean, like that that makes sense. Andy's yeah. just a cool uncle. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Now you might be saying, why are they talking so much about Andy? How can they bring this back to this show? I'll tell you in the YouTube live chat right now, which of course you can watch if you're on Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. Uh, Ray Hayes says, "Man, Greg is looking like Miller from The Expanse right now." Lol. Yesterday I dropped off a a care package from kind of funny fans to Andy. And he said, literally as I handed him the box, he just goes, when you get back in the car, Google Miller expanse. And I did. And so there you go. Yes. Yesterday they said, I was looking like, hold on. I got to block my face. Right. Is that it? There it is. Yeah. Look at that. Looking like uh Thomas James. There it. it is. It's just the hair. It's just this long, this long strip of hair. I have. 
That's it. I don't look like Thomas oh, Jane. Okay. I'm not saying yeah, I look. Okay. I'm not saying that. It's just the hair. I guess that lines up. But Andy and Ray think it's true, so that's how it's got to be. Ladies and gentlemen, this is PSI Love You XOXO. Each and every week, Blessing and I come together to nerd out about all things PlayStation. You like that because you like PlayStation, so you hang out. Remember, if you like this show, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Of course, you can support us there and ask us questions on the show. You can get the show ad-free. You can get it with the exclusive post show we do each and every episode. You could be watching live just like Demetrius Newell is, Chance Carter is, Adam Vote is, Game Jumper X is, Madeline Stanley is, and so many more. Of course, there's a huge influx of new people in there due to the fact we just had our sixth anniversary and did all our patreon stuff last week remember new streams new hires new shows all sorts of cool stuff is happening uh blessing doesn't the blessing show debut this week yeah very excited about it the blessing show comes out on thursday uh so far it's had a good response because of course it's available right now on patreon it's been available since day one <clears throat> day one of kind of funny what what is a kf it we'll go we'll do it live yeah. uh yeah part of the new year the new slate of content uh check it out this thursday if you if you're unaware unfamiliar with what the blessing show is uh it's basically a video essay series uh video essay uh, uh or an eight episode uh pilot season that we're doing uh and so look forward to it Look forward to it. Yeah. Uh, you can get it right now, like we said, patreon.com slash games. But if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. You can get each and every episode of the show with ads, no post show, Tuesday morning, 6 a.m., youtube.com slash games, roosterteeth.com, and on podcast services around the globe each and every Tuesday morning. No matter where you get the show, please consider like, subscribing, sharing it, uh, leave a little review, do all that stuff. It really helps us out. Uh, some housekeeping for you. As I said earlier, remember, a bunch of stuff's happening in uh, this here January. You can get the Blessing Show on Thursday, but you can go to youtube.com slash games right now and get Roger Pocorny's stream highlights. He took one week, the first week of Kind of Funny streaming for at least two hours every day after Kind of Funny Games Daily and boiled it down into one amazing recap video that's just 15 minutes long. You get that youtube.com slash kind of funny games well uh we want to thank our patreon producers julian the gluten-free gamer sancho west gaming and james hastings uh, today we're sponsored by hymns upstart and honey but for now let's begin the show with topic of the show tots, 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 tots. blessing you put this into playstation updates as you often do but i thought there was just too much meat on the bone here we got to chew on this for a while and i ask you is Killzone dead blessing is that the question? Do I do I answer it? Not yet. Let me read the story. All right. Why are you okay. trying to jump into the show so fast? You know what I mean. Like, I mean, there was a down. pause. I felt like no, I, no, I was fucking with you. I was fucking with you. I baited yeah, you. I baited on, you. I got on, it. Bear. What do you think? This is I your show. Come what on, the fuck? I, I, that's what I'm talking about. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you put this story in from PlayStation Lifestyle. This is uh, Zarmena Khan. Uh, does Imran Khan know them? Uh, are they related? That'd be cool. Wouldn't that be cool? I, mean, I feel if like they that's were, a like, pretty common last name. That's like, no, 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 like no, no, no. This isn't me. Smith. This isn't the normal thing of oh man, Greg's being racist. I'm saying I'm I'm actually pitching. <laughs> what if they were what if they were a sibling video game news duo? That would be awesome. I'm not saying that would be like, great. I'm pitching a series here. Anyways, Sony has officially retired the Killzone franchise's website. Sony Interactive Entertainment has announced that it's retiring the official Killzone series' website. And visitors will now be redirected to PlayStation.com. While this change doesn't affect the game's online modes, players will no longer be able to create or manage clans in Killzone Shadowfall. A notice reads, Dear Killzone.com Visitor, The official website for the Killzone franchise has retired. Going forward, visitors to Killzone.com will be redirected to PlayStation.com. 
While this change doesn't affect the online multiplayer modes, player statistics or ranking data for Killzone Mercenary and Killzone Shadowfall, Shadowfall, it is now no longer possible to create or manage clans in Killzone Shadowfall. We apologize for the inconvenience. Thank you to Killzone.com's many fans and visitors throughout the years for their enthusiasm and support. Sincerely, Gorilla. Back to the article. Uh, This development comes a month after Internet Sleuths noticed that Killzone had been left out of PlayStation Studios' official webpage. In the Our Studio section, Sony lists all of its first-party developers and the video games that they are known for. When it comes to Gorilla Games, the only title listed is Horizon Zero Dawn, and there's no mention of Killzone anywhere, a strange omission. Blessing, what do you read into on this here Killzone.com death story? It's interesting uh, because I think it does lead to the question, yeah, is Killzone dead? I think a more interesting question would be, should Killzone be dead? Oh. Do, we need, do we need Killzone? And I know, like, I, I understand, right? Every video game franchise has its fans. Killzone obviously has a following. People, people love Killzone. But for what Guerrilla Games has evolved into and for what PlayStation Studios as a, as a whole has evolved into, is there is there room for Killzone specifically? And then also, like, do should we make room for kill zone? Is there any requirement mm-hmm. for kill zone? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there time for kill zone? Like, what's the point of having kill zone in 2021? So then let's start at the top and just go from they're closing down the killzone.com part. Mm-hmm. Joseph writes in and says, hi, Greg and Blessing. Hope you're doing well. I think people are putting too much attention on what seems like a unification of PlayStation.com. If you look in their top recent games, they don't have a separate domain. Last of Us, God of War, Ghost of Tsushima. I guess only Uncharted and Gran Turismo have separate domains, and maybe Uncharted is going to be the next to go. They'll probably keep GT since it's tied to FIA stuff. I don't know what that is. FIA? FIA? Is that some kind of racing thing? Fast. I'm not Fia. Fast in action. Oh, fuck. Uh, (laughs) Regarding Killzone, it's the same we have seen where they move on to the next big franchise, and it may come back later as part of other studios taking the reins and bringing new things into it as it happened with Sackboy last year. With Horizon being as awesome as it is, I think it's the best for Gorilla to keep pushing towards new things, and maybe someone else can make Killzone uh, shine in the future. Thanks for all you guys do. Keep up the good work, Joseph. So... It is an interesting one of how much do you want to read into the d- dissolution of a dot-com. Obviously, I don't think killzone.com is getting that much use. However, the fact that they call it out here, right? Hey, that means you can no longer create or manage your clans. That was a big part of Killzone. I do remember for Killzone 2 and going into Killzone 3, I was running the IGN clan, and we were all over that that website doing stuff and you know using your stats and stuff like that. So... The removal of it, while it is just, okay, sure, why have Killzone.com? Why not just have it go to PlayStation.com? You're removing functionality from the game, thus showing you, I think, that there isn't much of a Killzone multiplayer audience right now in Shadowfall. Yeah. That's going through and like, that. And se- seven years is a really decent time for an online community oh, yeah. to, like, you know, come up and then sunset. Like, Killzone Sh- Shadowfall came out in 2013 at launch, and then Killzone Mercenary came out, I believe, before that. And so it's not, like, it's not crazy that they're shutting down the website after not having a Killzone game for so long. But I think, yeah, what's what's even more interesting is we've not had a Killzone game for so long. And uh, the article also also points out, right, that like they didn't they haven't really included Killzone much in their marketing recently. Like that's not a game that they talk about. Right. And right. I, I think the obvious reason there is when you think of Gorilla, what we think of is Horizon Zero Dawn now. And I think that's what PlayStation also wants you to think uh, when you think of Gorilla, because that is 
the way forward for that studio. When you look at games announced, right? Horizon Forbidden West is the game that's coming out next year, uh, or this year, actually, because we're in 2021. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? Crazy. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's the thing that we have to look forward to. And I'm sure they're not thinking too hard right now about what's even after Horizon Forbidden West. I would be shocked if that was Killzone, because what is the, like, back, I guess back to my original question of should there be a Killzone is, for what Killzone was, what it started out at, what it started out as on the PS2 with the release of Killzone of the original Killzone. Yeah. It came out pretty much as like a competitor to Halo. You know, that's right. kind of what it felt like. It was PlayStation's answer to this big first person shooter. And, you know, the as the years went on, we got games like Killzone 2 that people were were a fan of. Um, but we also got Killzone Shadowfall, which wasn't terrible by any means, but like was It was that, a fine what, launch game. Exactly. And so with that, it's like, all right, do we when we have games like Horizon or a franchise like Horizon and we have a studio like Gorilla that can continue to make that or continue to have new ideas, do we really want to go back and work on Killzone, which has had such a uh, a shaky history and like pretty much fulfilled its purpose that it had at the time, a purpose that I don't think we really – we the, a purpose that I don't think really uh, – has the same i guess level of importance nowadays because yeah what's the point like I, I guess the question is does playstation need a shooter franchise right now and i don't really think so no i'm very much in the camp that i i mean i would have stopped killzone probably long before Shadowfall, and <laughs> you know what i mean like i think killzone isn't a bad game by any stretch of the imagination but killzone was it, it is that uh mean girls meme right of stop trying to make fetch happen like killzone was something they were always trying to make happen and i think you want to talk about how crazy it is, but when they showed that Killzone 2 footage, right, in quotes, footage, and it turned out it wasn't real, and that that was that became Killzone. That became the legacy, that it was this game that was a fine PlayStation 2 shooter or whatever. It, yeah, it was trying to compete with Halo. It was trying to give you something like that. But even then, like, was that so revolutionary and crazy that it needed to go? And then for Killzone 2, the story became, yeah, here's this game that, wasn't what it said it was going to be. And it didn't matter that Killzone 2 was great. Killzone 2 was a good game. I Killzone 2 is that incredibly rare I got into that game shooter where I was playing that online for and I you know again it's Greg Miller time. So it's like I was playing it online for like what a month and a half, two months or whatever it was. But I mean I was act every night getting in there and doing it, which I do not do with first person shooters. Uh I did that here and that did stick and it but it was exactly what you're alluding to that it was a different time and it was a time where you felt like you needed your own exclusive shooter. You needed your own multiplayer game. You need, and like, you look at how successful PlayStation is right now, and the, and it's especially even not even PlayStation Five. Look at PlayStation Four. It's the fact of, oh wait, no, we don't. We don't need to be everything. We don't need to have our own thing. We don't need our own Smash Brothers. We don't need our own Halo. We can let third parties who are passionate about that and have this audience and want to be the best-selling game, like COD, right? They can come in and they can fill that gap and we can make exclusives. And because we're, you know, for whatever reason, somebody buys their PlayStation 4 and now PlayStation 5, we're, quote unquote, the best place to play. We're going to run away with it. and We don't need to. If we worry about our own exclusive library, that backbone leads people buying the consoles and then they buy the third party stuff that we're trying to compete with anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm right there with you. I think for me, the, the, the one reason I would see to bring back Killzone would be if Gorilla was like, Hey, we miss doing Killzone, and we have a we have a cool idea for it. Like we have something different we want to do with it, or we have we have something dynamic or a story we want to tell. I think that would be then be the case of all right, yeah, let's see where this goes because I think for what for what Killzone is and what it has what what it has been, I think it's just been void of 
a particular vision that felt yep. worth it. You know, like nothing about Killzone, especially Shadowfall. Like Shadowfall very much felt like a response to, all right, the PS3 era had a lot of games that were uh, uh, colored in shades of brown and mm-hmm. gritty mm-hmm. and realistic, and we're taking advantage of HD, and you're going to have a shooter, and you're going to fight the Hellgast or whatever you do in Killzone. Um, Killzone Shadowfall felt like a response to that in terms of, hey, we're going to add all this color, and that's what that's what we're gonna do. Like that's gonna be the thing that brings Killzone to the next generation. And, which and, I don't that, think and that wasn't enough at all, right? And that was the idea. That Killzone Shadowfall, I agree with you, was a direct response to the criticisms of what Killzone looked like. But what it kept doing is kept building out this world that who the fuck knows what's going on anymore. Like I, I, I think, I think I distinctly remember Killzone 2's ending, and it was on a cliffhanger that we got to the final boss dude and we weren't going to kill him but then rico did kill him and then it ended with him dejected on the stairs and like the and it was like like that is legitimately everything i just said all i remember from playing i played killzone 2 i played killzone 3 i played killzone mercenary i don't i I probably didn't in five minutes or something at ign for killzone ps2 and Shadowfall. i played at Uh events but never played a full thing it was just like yeah why take like you're, you're nailing it of like what is the vision of this game? What? How would you sell someone on Killzone? And the idea was like, it's a competent shooter and the multiplayer is fun. And so then there's this story. And again, it's it, I, you want to look at like a product of the times and an old idea of just like, it is this fleshed out single player story. And then it is also this multiplayer suite and you're trying to chase all these things. And none of you, I mean, none of anything I can think of right now off of any of the other games, even the best portions, you put that together. None of that in 2021 is going to compete with Warzone. None of that's going to compete with Black Ops. None of it's going to compete with yeah. Fortnite. Like these are the games that people are, time are being dominated by, right? And Warzone doesn't need a story because that's not necessarily, I mean, that's definitely not what Nick Scarpino, who is addicted to it right now, is looking for. He's jumping in and doing that. And so, if you have somebody who's built better mousetraps, why are you even trying? I think that's my thing. And that's why I do. I say that, yes, Killzone is dead. And granted, video games, something being dead is only dead as long as somebody wants it to be. But it is dead and it should stay dead. Like, there's just no reason for it right now. Unless yeah. what we're saying, somebody comes in and like, you know what? The Hellgaster are so iconic that we are going to do a Killzone and we're going to do it from the ground up. Brand new story. This is what it's going to be. But even then, I'm thinking in terms of, what would maybe even interest me when in reality are people looking for that kind of first person shooter, this narrative driven adventure, blah, blah, blah. Like you talk about the call of the duty campaign every year, but people, but they quick and go play the multiplayer. Yeah. That's my thing too, is like when I think when I, I do like a good first person shooter campaign, but I also get that from other developers granted, I guess now, but that's the, uh, which would be my go-to company when we're talking about first person shooter campaigns. Cause I love doom 2016, doom eternal yeah. and the Wolfstein games. I guess now like it's up in the air in terms of whether or not they're going to continue to develop games on PlayStation five. Like we don't know that for sure. And you can even throw in like, you know, death loop seems like it's going to be less of a first person shooter compared to those other games, but right. still first right. person game. Ghostwire Tokyo, who knows if that's going to be first person or not. Um, but, you know, we are we are losing some of those games on PlayStation. And so, who knows? Like, maybe years down the line, there is kind of a thirst for uh, a first-person shooter campaign, uh, like a really good one on PlayStation. But I think that time will also come when it comes. Like, right now, it doesn't feel that way. Like, I don't feel like that's necessarily missing from the library. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. We talk all the time about sequels and fandom and 
IPs that are on ice waiting to break out. I mean, look at Perfect Dark over on Xbox, right? People, even if you yeah. didn't love Perfect Dark Zero, have been, I oh, mean, I'd love another Perfect Dark. I love that thing. I don't hear that about Killzone. And I, and I, I, there was a time for sure when I was at IGN and we were on the precipice of Killzone 3 and that was going on where there was the PlayStation contingent that fucking loved Killzone. But you, I don't hear people clamoring or asking for it. I see resistance a lot. I see, I see games that either were gone before their time or started getting good in the end or whatever. I see them talked about a lot. Killzone had so many at-bats that it's just, and again, I'm not yeah. trying to shit all over Killzone and say it's not good. It was good, it, arguably great. Like, they were solid, but they just weren't, they were uh, that, that almost that double-A space I talk about all the time that's fallen away. Where it wasn't this triple-A, oh my God, everybody's playing, you gotta be it. But it also wasn't this indie thing, which of course didn't exist back then. It was Sony's double-A shooter. And when there's so many triple-A shooters, when there's so many amazing games out there, why would you go back for that? Yeah, yeah. And like, I don't really, I'm, I'm with you that I, I hear people talk about resistance more than Killzone. And even in, the, even in that case, I think, I don't necessarily think Sony need, needs to bring back resistance, even though I think it'd be a fun thing. Because yeah. I've, I've had friends in the past that have been like, oh yeah, resistance co-op is fun and all this stuff. And I tried, I'd like tried and fell off of resistance. Uh, and I would have loved to try the co-op. I just never got around to it. But like, that's, I've at least heard that from friends and like heard people talk around that in a way that Killzone I didn't have that same thing. I've seen people online talk a little bit about Killzone and how they liked Killzone, uh, I think, 2's uh, uh, multiplayer and like yeah. different elements of those games. But overall, it does seem like a, a franchise that's, that's had a uh, a rocky history. And I, yeah, go, oh, go for it. No, please go. Well, in a world where PlayStation did come down on the decision of, hey, we do want to greenlight another or a first-person shooter game or campaign, or whether, whether a campaign or multiplayer or both, um in a world where they're going to do that i would like something ground up that's entirely new because i i wouldn't compare uh kill zone to a like like you said right perfect dark which has had has had people clamoring for it like people are looking people were looking forward to a new perfect dark game in a way that kill zone i think with its history just hasn't had that same level of fervor because there's not like really a kill zone game that we look to is like hey this did something for first person shooters or hey this uh uh sparks such an iconic memory for me uh playing uh multiplayer first person games in a way that call of duty or sure. perfect dark or other first person shooters have with people um and so like if they were going to do that they were going to going to green light a new first person game you know i just want i would want something completely new as opposed to now hear and me i think out. that's hear me out oh, sorry, kill war zone please go just think about it please go <laughs> <laughs> no i think you know you're right, and that's the biggest problem. Is I think it's something I got off track on my own about where I'm talking about like games people clamor for a new Resistance, a new Perfect Dark. There's actually a, a spark there, you know, that could turn into a fire. Killzone's name, I don't think, works in its benefit. We I always talk about you know or, you know oh man the old adage of just like if you put a number on a game it's going to sell better than the last one right that for a popular game. I feel like if you were to drop a new Killzone right now, either it's going to be you have no idea what Killzone is and you haven't heard people talk about it in a positive way. So why would that resonate? Or you drop it and everybody's going to be like, oh, like just like, what the fuck? Where are we at in that story? What what was going on? Like Radic was a thing. Like Radic was in PlayStation All-Stars, right? Like what what is this guy fucking doing? Where are we? And what's the, like you'd have to start from scratch. But even then, if you're doing that, why not start from scratch with a brand new IP? Why put somebody on top of that? Exactly. Now, if you wanted to put your game developer hat on, PlayStation comes to you. They're like, all right, we have to do it. This IP is <laughs> on ice, and it's either we kill it forever or 
we shine new light new light on it or we give it we give it new life we're coming to you greg miller because you're the playstation guy we mm-hmm. know that you that you appreciate this the uh the the legacy of these games and all this stuff yeah what would be your pitch for a new Killzone game so i so i don't get to okay i thought you were asking about killer i mean i would tell I them not to do it i would tell them not to do it you know mm-hmm. what i mean but if it is like no no we have to do it i'll be like all right I think, well, actually, you know what? Let me bring in one of the questions here. Bandwagoner Alex, aka Alex, writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can. It says, if PlayStation was going to dip into Killzone again, my hope had always been that they'd use the franchise to tell an incredible sci fi story through the vehicle of an FPS game. Uh, with how much time has passed since the last game in the series was released, I don't think they need to ki- need Killzone to do that. Either way, that sci fi first person sh- shooter combo seems like a great addition to the first party li- library. I think Alex is on the money. That would be my thing of like, cool. Everything about Killzone from before, forget about it. Like, we're not doing that. We're starting from scratch. We're not doing it in this. I don't like, ah, God, I should have looked up. I should have brought up a Wikipedia page for what the fuck. Like, I like, I couldn't tell you one thing that happened in Shadowfall. (laughs) Like, it was colorful. Did it start on Earth and we went after Hellgas? Did they invade? Here we go. The series is set in the 24th century, showing the galactic war between the Interplanetary Strategic Alliance, the ISA, and the Helgen Empire. The Killzone series follows a continuous war between the ISA and the Helgast, taking place on both ISA Earth colonies and the planet Helgen, the home of the Helgast. All that shit I would throw the fuck out the window. You know what I mean? Like, I I like this idea of let's do a sci-fi shooter. Let's do a sci-fi space shooter, but, like, it's near future. You know what I mean? Where it is some kind of the first generation of space marines or whatever the hell it is. I, like, I would do that, and I'd want it on, like, space stations, and I would want that kind of combat, and I would want it to be more cerebral than more this. And, like, at the end, maybe, like, you have some enemy that has the red eyes and has the helmet, and that's what you're doing. But I think all of that works so much against it. Where, like, you'd have to toss that in at the very end as the unseen, even though you'd probably guess it was going to happen at some point. But, like, no promotional materials with it. Like, even right now, like, if you Google Killzone video game, which is where I went to get this, right, and you look at the box arts all laid out here, all you see are those glowing red fucking eyes, which... For Killzone 2, maybe was cool. But looking back now at like Killzone, Killzone 2, Killzone 3, Killzone Mercenary and all these things, and then Killzone Shadowfall with one red eye. It's like, what the fuck was this? Like, what are we even yeah. doing? You the know what I mean? Like, that game was like first person shooter the game. And the, like, that's all I've ever yeah. thought of is Killzone. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, it just had no, even though I, and I'm, this isn't Gorilla not trying and this isn't there not being lore. And this is, it just didn't have a soul because it was meant to be the first person shooter. And I think it got away from everything else. That's why if I was going to do it, sci-fi shooter story first, we are telling a narrative. We're not, I mean, we're trying to do, maybe even you a third person shooter and you try to make it into what resistance or yeah, resistance retribution or just in general, what Sony first parties are doing right now, what they're known for, right? Like, Hey, let's tell a really yeah. narrative awesome game and like i don't know you know you're talking about the kill zone you're in but as we do all of this it's just shoehorning it around a name right i feel that's, like that name has yeah. so much fucking baggage that why wouldn't you just dump it and do something different that's the thing is like kill zone isn't in terms of a name it's not god of war where you see it if, if you saw that on screen at an e3 there's not really going to be a pop for it sure yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. even even if it is something dynamically different because if if, if they're there to go down that route of let's redefine what kill zone is and let's even make it a third person shooter to like really drive home that this is something new and fresh uh even if you did that i could see that reveal of 
oh okay what's this and it's like a third person sci-fi shooter they're in space doing all the kill zone shit uh you know i can see the audience being like oh what's this this seems cool and as soon as as soon as that kill zone name comes on screen i think the two responses are oh or like oh well i don't really care about kill zone and then like people people ignore it um if i was to bring it back i think i, I have three different ideas two ideas that i think would be a little bit exciting and then one that would maybe be the money making idea the money making idea would be to put out a free-to-play uh shooter that is called kill zone that is interesting like a maybe what barrett said right kill kill war zone is that what, what you called it uh either that right Just make a kill it. zone kill zone battle royale or a kill zone shooter that is free to play uh and that way you get into the hands of the people and maybe you can rebuild from there um or but, i mean more more than likely what's going to happen is it's going to drop right and it's going to be subpar mm-hmm. it's not going to be on par with everything that's going on with the other free-to-play shooters that are out there exactly and like i 100 agree with that uh and then my, my my other ideas would be to either take go your route which um would be in my head a wolfenstein route of yeah totally like take what take takes what uh take like the the core tenets of this franchise in terms of the genre and the ideas and all this stuff and totally just like work from the ground up and create a new story that is very focused on telling a narrative in the way that the the modern wolfstein games are because i think those games are fun uh uh and like the stories they tell are very, like feel very much like a what does a first person first person shooter look like in a modern era first person shooter campaign look like in a modern era yeah. uh on the other end of it you could go the doom route which in my head i see as go all in on gameplay and say fuck it to story because how many people do care about the story and and go all in on making Killzone a fun ass first person shooter campaign and give it to somebody. I don't know who you give it to. For some reason in my head, House Mark comes to mind because I see House Mark is oh, great man. at making like a, a um, making gameplay. Like they know how to make a fun playing game. Make Killzone or, an arcade shooter. Um, that or Arrowhead, uh, the multiplayer game we all like. That was them. You ran around, shot stuff. You dropped in. Arrowhead, fuck. This is. I don't want to look it up. It's a very easy look up. I'm not gonna look it up. Yeah, I'm looking it up as you speak. I won't say it. Ah, oh, fuck. It's right there. I liked it a lot. It was bugged out. It was Vita PS3 oh. crossplay, PS4 crossplay. It was Vita crossplay. Yeah, I know. You, you can take about. your save with you. Hell Divers got there. There you go. Fuck yeah. yeah. Oof, oof. Because I was thought, I always thought that Hell Divers could have easily been just branded Killzone. You could have just changed the name to Killzone and like whatever you're dropping as ISA pers people on this you know world and going off and doing this stuff. Yeah. That'd be really cool. I'd be yeah, and I'd be totally down for that. Like when we see the gameplay trailer for that and you have a, a Killzone game that looks like either a Helldivers or something that is developed by Hotsmark or um something that looks like modern doom right like even if you want to go all the way and make it very obvious that we're going for the doom thing because like right now doom is the only game that is doing the doom thing if yeah. you wanted to go and do that i think that'd be exciting and see it's interesting to me you went you that's how you're taking it's not wrong and i mean obviously there's no wrong answer on how you would do it when i'm talking about the first person story first thing i'm thinking of like a dead space now and now callistico or callisto callisto protocol, protocol yeah. yeah yeah right i'm thinking of that kind of thing where it's cerebral scary what are we going to do when we're behind a gun mm. but we're marines i guess we're a bit empowered or something to that effect 
But I like these, yeah, the different interpretations you could do with it and where you would take it. Uh, we had asked the audience, of course, uh, as usual, uh, you're all way too supportive when I ask you a question like an hour and a half before we're supposed to record the show. Uh, if if people should, if, if people, if PlayStation should kill kill zone, if she should be let go. Nanobiologist wrote in and said, yes, not letting properties go is Xbox's current issue. Keeping developers on a property too long keeps them stale and has talented leaders and developers leave to try new creative ventures. Killing Killing Killzone will let the developers come up with the next great PlayStation property like Gorilla did to make Horizon Zero Dawn. And I think that can't be overstated, right? That for, and this is what I always talk about when I talk about Horizon Zero Dawn, is that as somebody who covered Gorilla for so long and, you know, knew Herman and knew folks over there and, you know, talked to them about Killzone, I knew they were talented. I knew they were creative. And then I'd suck, I would hate being on a game scoop where you'd say something about Killzone and it'd be just dismissed of, oh, PlayStation shooter, right? And it's like, oh, it's more than that. So to see the industry really finally get to look at Horizon Zero Dawn and be like, oh my God, Gorilla's really talented. That was awesome. And I think Nano says it really well of, yeah, like you can't keep people on the same stuff all the time or you do lose them. And there is that brain bleed. Yeah. I think like one of the exciting things about Sony first party right now is that there are no kill zones in that in that exact sense of yeah you don't really have games that feel like they're sticking around because they are churning these things out like every every, every project that we look at from last of us part two and ghosts and um uh horizon like all these projects seem like projects that either one people love uh and are selling very well or are projects that the developers very much want to work on um which is awesome and like something that i don't think we really could have said as strongly at the beginning of the generation of the ps4 generation compared to now 100 percent uh but then you know should they kill this the new game writes in and says absolutely not it would be a shame to end the killzone series even if some of the games have not been generally well received i was hoping for a killzone comeback after the release of the horizon sequel but i suppose it's not looking too good after the shutdown of the multiplayers for two and three and nothing has come since the release of shadowfall and mercenary i would be very sad if they ended it for good with no chance of revival uh, while the story in the series are good to average the multiplayer is what stood out to me the most and uh, i've had so much fun with those that's the big thing of sitting down and i think you would have to sit down and have that whiteboard weekend-long conversation of what is Killzone impound at the center of the board what is the core of Killzone and I think if you go and talk to a bunch of different PlayStation people you run into a bunch of different answers I guess mm-hmm. we'd all come back to the multiplayer of Killzone 2 like that's what it is but I just think you know especially with crossplay, and especially with free-to-play and especially with just the unending amounts of games demanding your attention the need slash want slash desire for PlayStation to have its multiplayer. It's this is our first person shooter multiplayer suite that we want everybody in. It just doesn't exist. Yeah. And it's so it's it's so weird too. like when you look when when you look at the exact thing you just said. Right. And uh, you look at where multiplayer game, how multiplayer games have kind of evolved over the generation. You you see you see Fortnite, right being this crossplay thing with a battle pass and all that you see rocket league doing the same thing you see uh you even see games like halo infinite which is not yet but when it comes out it'll be out on pc also and you imagine it'll be <clears throat> crossplay uh on uh you know xbox series x and xbox and on pc and all this stuff playstation can't really do any of that because the platform is so closed and if you have a uh if you have a, a playstation exclusive multiplayer game like you know by what it is you can't really have that be cross player or uh sure. cross chain or even like you know i guess free to play you can you can do that if you want to but like you don't have that same level of, of um openness as you have with other multiplayer games which 
I don't know if that puts PlayStation in such a weird place because PlayStation doesn't need to make multiplayer games because other people are doing it on the platform. But it's an and they're, they're doing it, and that's where people are going to play it. Yes, that's yeah. the th- you know what I mean. It's not like they're trying to catch up from behind here, where it's like they can sit there and be like, all right, well, Call of Duty is going to be the best selling game, and people are you know based on install base going to be playing it on our stuff. What do we care? Yeah, exactly. And so like it, when that when that is the case on the PlayStation side of things, it's like why make a multiplayer game agreed blessing agree so ladies and gentlemen we're here i'm gonna call it january 11th 1 46 p.m pacific time killzone is dead i agree may it never come back may it never come it'll probably come back at some point but and it'll be great i'm sure but like you know what i mean like i do i guess that's the question to end down here do you think you'll see killzone come back and if so when i mean it's a tough one, right? Because I, it's my, a tough one. my knee-jerk reaction is, of course you will. Video games always come back. No, nothing's dead, blah, 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 blah. But then you sit here and you really think about it. And it's like, well, I'm thinking of a very 2008, 9, 10 industry. In, in 2021, it's only getting more diverse. It's only getting crazier. It's only getting more competitive. That's the other thing. It's only getting more competitive. No, I doubt you yeah. walk into Worldwide Studios right now. You sit down with Herman, of course, from a gorilla, but now leading Worldwide. And you pitch your game to him. I can't imagine if it, he looks at it and he goes, this isn't not even a guaranteed hit. It's not going to be guaranteed great. It's not going to be an awesome game. They green light it. And so then you have to imagine what they're going to sit there and go back and forth with Killzone on to figure out what they could do to make it stand out and pop as the first-person shooter you need to be playing. Yeah. And I, I have the same knee-jerk as you where I want to say yes because everything comes back eventually. But... There are so many games, and I think Killzone died in an era where it can it can get lost to the shuffle more in a way where we look at games from the PS2 era or the PS1 era or even going back before that, like the Super Nintendo era, and like people clamor for Earthbound because one Earthbound was great, but then also like so many people had that experience with, experience with Earth, Earthbound. Uh, so many people had that experience with like all the games that we see die and come back or get rebooted. You know, God of War was defining for the PS, PS2 in a way where... And God of War is defining, but also was, re- was a very good game. I think that's the thing I kind of come back on is Killzone. I don't think people really look at Killzone as this masterpiece franchise. People see Killzone as, a, as another first-person shooter franchise. You know, and we have memories of it. People have nostalgia for it, but I don't think it's... I don't think it's one people go to as like a... Everybody needs to play Killzone. With that being the case, I don't... I, I can't see any reason why you would bring back Killzone in the future. And so I'm going to say no. I don't think Killzone ever comes back. I think it's dead. It's a bold prediction, but I could definitely see it. I could definitely see it going. Because again, like, let's, if you're sitting there and we're in the Worldwide Studios room and we're mm-hmm. having this conversation, and we're like, what, what, what do we need to bring back? What do, like, I would stand up. I would walk over to the trash can in the recycling bin. I would get the lids and start slamming them together, blessing. And you know what I would scream over and over and over and over again? Resistance. Siphon filter. Oh, yeah. No, even that's a way better one. I, I don't mean literally, but ding dong, Kojima's dead. Like, he, we don't get, there's not going to be another Metal Gear. Like, you know what I mean? And, you know, maybe they, re, hopefully they remaster it. They do whatever, the blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? I, I'd love to see Metal Gear continued. I'd love to see someone remaster under the, you know, have Kojima be creative director or whatever off on the side. Even get it, Sony get the right from Konami, run them over and give them to Kojima Productions, right? Whatever. But that's obviously a whole ball of wax and a whole f- lot of work. Siphon Filter is a game that 
does get talked about and does have positive memories of. And a lot of people didn't play the PSP games, which were great. It's a brand fucking new world out there for stealth action games, stealth espionage games. And you want to talk about PlayStation's unique uh, uh, strategy, their unique position for this of being like, hey, we are doing Siphon Filter. It is a complete reboot. You are Gabe Logan. You know, this is what's happening. But it is this 007 Metal Gear from the ground up PlayStation 5 exclusive. It's this, you know, it's uh, maybe it is Sony Bend. You know, I would imagine they're on Days Gone 2. I would think they took that engine and all the work and all the years and put it right to that. But maybe they're not. Maybe like they saw Kojima leaving, started reading the, the tea leaves here and started off on their own thing. But especially even with Perfect Dark, like if you could have, if, if fucking, if the future shows us we're going to get a great Perfect Dark game and then a great Siphon Filter game again that are these dueling, you know, secret oh agent God. mascot kind of thing. Oh are you my fucking God. kidding me? That would be hot. I would absolutely, I would be all about that. That would be amazing. And like uh, to sit there and have the story and have the cutscenes, like you know, yeah. I mean, like even at that, like I don't, I Who realize it, it. I realize it would never fucking happen. But imagine if fucking Naughty Dog did it. Imagine if it oh, was yeah. we're doing. Just about to say that too. That'd be hot. Yeah, Neil Druckmann's directing. Would my wish for a Mission Impossible game from them on. Totally right. It's like yeah, it's Born Identity. It's Mission Impossible. It is going to be this. You know, I don't think it would happen because I bet you know they want to have their next IP, their new project, yeah. and new whatever, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and I get that, but like, how fucking rad would it be? And maybe you know, it is just Siphon Filter, and it's a new character, and it's a new whatever, and it's but like, Siphon Filter is an untapped resource right now that people will flip the fuck out yeah. if you do it right. And more. like, obviously, like this would I think that would ultimately be up to Naughty Dog. Of I, I could see the tops at Naughty Dog be like, yeah, what? Like, we're fans of Siphon Filter. I have no idea if they are, but if they were, right? Like, we're fans of Siphon Filter. If you go to Sony, they'll give it to us to work on because, like, sure. why not? That'd be. I also think awesome it'd be. Case. I also think it would be really cool to see uh, Sony Ben take a crack at it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. I, I, Days Gone, I think, has a number of things I didn't like about Days Gone. But I think if you were to give them, a, if they were to take it in and be like, we're giving you South Action Game and the Taser and all this jazz. And like, you know, even Days Gone has Siphon Filter references into it, which is cool. Like, they know their lineage and their legacy. Like, it could be cool to see there. I know there's been so much turnover to, you know, uh, new eyes on it. Maybe they're in the same boat. They want to have their new projects and stuff. But like, it's always so easy just to think of, you know, Naughty Dog doing something, but the specifically the Siphon Filter I'm pitching of, it's a fucking, you know, espionage yeah. movie, you know what I mean? And then also I think it would be cool to see what Naughty Dog's take on, in the stick with me, a competent uh, spy would look like, right? Like I, people are always like, oh man, I don't love their, I don't like the shooting in Uncharted. I didn't love it that much in last, it's like, I get all that, but like those games aren't meant like Joel and Drake aren't meant to be those things, right? It is this pulp action. It is this yada, yada, yada. Like, what does it look like when it is you are a killing machine? You've been trained by the CIA and now you're off on your own. And like, yeah, you know, your aim what, is not wobbly. Yeah, exactly. It is. Yeah. But it's like, you know, right on a crosshairs kind of thing. That could be fun. That could be really cool. And like um, last was part two, I think has proven that Naughty Dog knows how to do stealth very well. And so I think that would sure. also be cool. Sure, 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 um, sure. One more dev out there out there for it would be kojima productions even though like I, I feel like i feel like creatively that might it might get weird dude can so, you fucking imagine the middle finger to konami it turns out oh, so yeah. he did konami he they did try to get metal gear the Konami's like we'll pass I'm like fuck you here's siphon filter here's hideo kojima hideo started from the ground up do whatever the fuck you want and that, would, that would be the awesome thing about it like of course like i want kojima to do whatever the fuck he wants because that's where he, that's when he works i want to say best and i don't know i, I know a lot of people would be like death stranding isn't his best but you know what i mean um but yeah, Siphon Filter, I think, would be an awesome get for them because Kojima obviously knows how to make that game. Um, my last question that I'll say we don't necessarily have to answer here, but could be a future topic of the show. That's done, done. 
I feel like it'd be a, it'd be cool to do an episode on dead PlayStation franchises that we think should come back, based off okay. this conversation. Sure. Because Siphon Filter is a great one. How many do you think we can come up with? Not that I'm asking you to come up with right now. I would have to sit and like look through a list of, of PlayStation franchises that haven't come back because do I can't... you think you could get enough to have a tournament bracket? Because then you have really interesting things. Oh, where we maybe. do another we do another dead game PlayStation game and like somebody's fighting to come back to life. <laughs> somebody's fighting for life here. You know what I mean? It's, they're all in the I gulag. Think that'd be awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's think about it because that's really on. fun. Let me. Do, what I'm going to do, ladies and gentlemen, and blessing you'll kill time while I do it. Is I'm going to go to the the January form right now. Of course, Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. Go there. You can click on the participation links to find the post that has all the links for where you go. I'm deleting the kills and questions I put in today, and then I'm adding there at the are. bottom. Uh, what? Short answer. Yeah. Short answer. What? Uh, dormant. Yeah. PlayStation franchise deserves a comeback Barry, is you, there any game that comes to mind for you go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games answer this and then we will come up and do maybe a tournament for next week or whenever we have uh time because uh, like i don't the easy one is jack and dexter of course uh, yeah this is gonna be a fun episode yeah. i can already tell it's right. a great episode and then when we have to pit them against each other that's when it gets real interesting yeah. jack yeah. versus dexter no, no, uh, Jack, no, no and <laughs> Jack and Daxter I mean, versus Tack and the Power of Juju. I mean, at that point, of course, you're going to sign Yeah, th- there's got to be like a bunch of like PS2 era Sly games Cooper. that are in there. Yeah, yes. there are a lot yeah. of PS2 era games. Yeah, yeah. Sly, Sly would put on that list for sure, for sure. Yeah. Huh. This is an interesting one. Good job. We stumbled on a good one there. Yeah. People in the chat are saying Knack. And on that note, Knack's always alive, that, baby. It's always Knack's alive. Always alive. On that note, I'm going to give Barrett the chat and whoever else is watching and listening to this and was thinking, knack, a moment to look in the mirror. I want you to pull your car over and look in the rear view mirror. Look at your own eyes and go, what's wrong with me? All right. And while you think about what you've done wrong to say knack right now, to disgrace this podcast with knack, let's hear a word from our sponsor. This episode of PS Love You XOXO is brought to you by Hims. Forhims.com is all about men's wellness. We all know the story. Andy and Nick wanted to maintain their own wellness, so they looked to Hims for help keeping their hair full and healthy. We can't confirm they've been loving it ever since. Through Hims, you can get the prescription medication that treats erectile dysfunction, real science, real solutions to erectile dysfunction. Uh, Hims makes it easy. Hims connects you with a licensed medical professional online who can prescribe FDA-approved prescription medication to treat ED. You get the same active ingredient as that expensive little pill, but without the expensive price tag. This could cost hundreds of bucks if you had to go through a doctor or pharmacy. Not so much with Hims. Hims makes it simple and affordable. No embarrassing conversations, no expensive appointments. Just answer a few questions online about your medical history, and a provider will confidentially review. If approved, your med- your medication is shipped directly to your door in discreet packaging, and shipping is free. No more searching online for answers to questions about ED or sexual wellness. Just go to your Hims account and ask a medical professional you can trust. Why live with ED when the solution can be so simple? Try Hims today by starting out with a free online visit. Go to forhims.com slash kind of funny for your free visit. That's forhims.com slash kind of funny. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash kind of funny. Prescription products are subject to medical provider approval and require an online consultation with a medical provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. See website for full details and safety information. Remember, that's forhims.com slash kind of funny. Uh, we're also brought to you by Upstart. Uh, you know that credit card, the one that you're afraid to look at to see what the balance is. If you've been avoiding your debt, it's time to confront it. Upstart can help you face it and finally pay it off. 
Upstart is the fast and easy way to get a personal loan to pay off your debt all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest credit card debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. Upstart finds smarter rates with trusted partners because uh, they assess more than just your credit score. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate up front for loans from $1,000 to $50,000. You can get approved the same day, and you can receive funds as fast as one business day. If debt is taking over your life, it's time to get a fresh start with Upstart. Find out how low your Upstart rate payments, monthly payments, can be uh, today when you go to upstart.com slash kindoffunny. That's upstart.com slash kindoffunny. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Of course, go to upstart.com slash kindoffunny. Lastly, we're brought to you by Honey. Uh, these days, it feels like online shopping is the only shopping we really do. That's where today's sponsor, Honey, comes in. It's the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and automatically tests them when you're checking out. Honey is basically your online shopping best friend. Here's how it works. You get Honey on your computer for free and two easy clicks. Then when you're checking out on one of its over 30,000 supported sites, Honey pops up and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons for that site. If Honey finds working codes, it'll apply the best one to your cart. Greg Miller himself will tell you about how much he saved by using Honey. Honey has found its over 17 million members, $2 billion in savings. That's billion with a B. Honey supports all kinds of retailers from tech and gaming sites uh, to fashion brands to even food delivery. It's simple. If you have a computer, Honey should be on it. It's free and works with whatever browser you choose. You can get Honey for free today at joinhoney.com slash kinda. That's joinhoney.com slash kinda. Joinhoney.com slash kinda so they know that we sent you. Thanks, Honey, for supporting today's episode. All right, Blessing. It's the second week of January. For many people, their first week back to work. That usually means pretty quiet times in the video game industry. What do you got for me for PlayStation updates? Uh, I only have one update for you. Uh, Quantic Dreams, David Cage teases an exciting 2021. Uh, I'm pulling this from Sammy Barker at Push Square. Uh, Quantic Dream has been somewhat quiet since the release of Detroit Become Human on the PS4, but it's had a lot going on behind the scenes. Much of its catalog was ported to the PC with Sony's consent, and it's transformed itself into a publisher as well as a developer of cinematic story games. For example, the Parisian company is bringing Sea of Solitude, the director's cut, to Nintendo Switch, and it's also publishing Dustborn. Uh, It will also self-publish its future internal projects on multiple platforms, which will include the PS5, but also the Xbox Series X, PC, and potentially even, even the Nintendo Switch. Lots of change then. Uh, David Cage, the firm's co-founder, teased on Twitter that it's shaping up uh, to be a big year for the studio. Quote, 2021 should be an exciting year for Quantic Dream and in our community, he hinted. Uh, We are impatient to tell you more, end quote. It feels about time we learned about the team's next project. So here's hoping for some news soon. Greg, are you excited about uh, what we can look forward to from Quantic Dream? What the fuck is Dustborn? Oh, you hadn't heard about Dustborn? Oh, everybody, everybody talks about Dustborn. For real, do you know this game? I I fucking love it. I knew it existed. I don't know. I don't know. Right now, hold on. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Barrett, Barrett. Barrett, I'm slacking you the trailer for Dustborn. We're going to watch this together. (laughs) Okay. What the fuck is Dustborn? It came up. It's everybody's favorite game. It was a few months ago. I saw the announcement on Twitter and I was like, 
huh? And I just kept sc- scrolling past. <laughs> Go ahead and watch. Uh, yeah, hold on, hold on. I know you're you pulling it up. Yeah, sound up on it too. Yeah, can you, everybody? Yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. We'll see. Um, still, I'm still gonna talk over it. That works, right? Where do we yeah. Where do we stand? Uh, uh hold on. As hold far on. as as far as Spiral the Dragon being a dormant PlayStation franchise, do we count that? Is that still yeah, dormant? yeah, we count that. I, I I understand the argument that oh no, but like Skylanders is not Spyro. No, yeah, you know, there was, there was a remake, remake also, dude. Yeah, but even remakes. I mean, like we're talking about like new entries, yeah, aren't we? That's, I guess. I mean, this is an argument for the when we get there. Like, I, but I, I would count that. I would I, like yeah. in the same way. I would say, well, I guess that doesn't count actually. I was gonna say in the same way I would count Sly, but Sly did also have the new game, and then nothing happened with that. But Zanzara yeah. is now Oculus. All right, you all ready for Dustborn? Dustborn, yep. Road Trip Baby. I'm going to na- narrate it because there's no... It says Road Trip Baby. The ghosts are coming back. Then this woman does... But what the hell is Justice doing? <laughs> One, two, three, four. Then it's this guy pulling the thread. It, and if you're like a listener going like, Greg's doing a bad job. No, this is... How, there is no hope. This is how this... Tra- except for us. This is the trailer. Somewhere in America. It looks very telltale. Yeah, it does. Which I guess would fit for a Quantic Dream. Still, just it, we're still in the somewhat like it's just we're in a, we're in a we're yeah, in a they're in a bus in a RV a bus yeah yeah seeing different characters do stuff here yeah young adults with attitude it looks like well, that guy's got hair like me he's not a young yeah, adult he, anymore he, he's like he looks like kind of like he's Zach like Nick Ryan. old yeah oh yeah <laughs> he's Zach Nick Ryan old yeah. oh there's like a little robotty like yeah a little robotty yeah, guy robot dancing and flying okay. Okay. it seems like they're going on a battle of the bands tour maybe. There's a poster for that. Now we're outside of the bus. There's a robot driving the bus. We're outside of it, and it's just it's just still going here. It looks like it looks um, like low res Borderlands, but before like all hell broke loose in Borderlands. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. This guy's gonna. There's a there's a thing flying at the bus, and that's the trailer. Published by Quiet. a game about hope, friendship, love. Road trips, music, family, robots, ghosts, signals. It's justice, a game about too much. Let me tell you, this is I'm all comics, words. comic boxes that are popping up. America, the war, religion, and the power of words. Dustborn. Too many words. We are dustborn. Fuck you. What was interesting about that? <laughs> well, I, I'll give you. It's interesting because you don't know what the fuck it's about in any way, yeah. shape, or form. It looks different. Here, here's don't you're not on anything, right? You can only you're not seeing anything about Dustborn. No. Yeah, it's it's back to you. Guys. Give me okay, cool. Oh, I meant blessing. I didn't want to have any pulled up on his page. Tell me, blessing, what what do you think this game is? Like, I have the I have a not a much more, but I have the YouTube description here on what Dustborn is. What do you? What, give me your okay. Du- so, I'll start you and you go. Dustborn is a blank. <laughs> you just fill it in. What else is this game? <laughs> Uh, it's a uh, choose your own adventure game, Narr- narrative 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 adventure game. Dustborn okay. is a narrative adventure game where you take on the role of multiple characters on a road trip to discover what would they discover? It looks like they are going to a battle of the bands. Go ahead. I mean, nothing. There's no wrong. I mean, there's are yeah. wrong answers, obviously. But like, don't get me wrong. Like, you, you know, you you should not. I don't think watching that trailer, you should have a real grasp on what's yeah, going yeah. on with the woman who like did a TK blast to send back a bunch of robots, and then we were just on a bus. It looks like it. It looks like if you took like the last generation of like adventure games, right, and like mashed them together, because there's a little bit of life strange in there, a little sure. bit of telltale, sure. Um, 
I guess Quantic Dreams publishing it, so there they are. Uh, and then okay, I, yeah. And then and oh yeah, Tales from the Borderlands. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say it's a it's a, a narrative adventure game where you're going on a road trip and things happen. That's my whole pitch. The things YouTube description is the YouTube description is Dustborn is a third person single player story driven road tripping action adventure about hope, okay. love, friendship, robots, and the power of words. If we go to their Steam page, it says lead a band of misfits and outcasts on a perilous road trip across a capital D divided states of America, not United, oh. divided states of oh America. Oh my God, that's like the official name of like the of America. It's, yeah, you're in oh, the divided states of America in that, a story driven action adventure about hope, friendship, love, robots, and powers. For the record, Red Thread Games is the developer of this. Quantum Dreams yeah. publisher. I am not making fun of your game. I am not saying your game is going to be bad. I'm not talking shit about that. I'm saying that if I was the publisher and you showed me this trailer, I'd be like, nope, stop. What? This doesn't excite anyone. This doesn't tell anybody what your game is. And it's like, already, and like, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. A Unless little, you're Quantic let, Dream. I'll, if I'm I'll Quantic Dream, I understand how this excites you. Yeah, if you're Quantic Dream, you're like, oh, ham-fisted shit, let's do it. But it's just like the music, just and a I boring like trope. That's my... That- <laughs> That's my thing is like this is such a we've gotten so far from what's going on with Death Star and Quantic Dream. We'll get back and talk about Quantic Dream in a second. I'm sorry, I just got so tied up over here because this is just like I feel like this for I mean like Quantic Dream entering into the publishing space, right? They're new at it. Like this, you know, they haven't done many, of course, any other than than their own. This is I don't recall. I mean, they they uh I guess they just published the game on Switch. The on Steam. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, shit. Well, oh, let me what look, was that? Look up. You talked it about it in the, the article, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, sea of Solitude. Sea of Solitude. Thank and you. it's not out yet. That's still coming out. So I think that is their gotcha. first one. According to Steam, yeah, Dustborn is the only non-Quantic Dream developed game they're publishing. And it's just that thing of like, this strikes me, yeah, as like you're the first kind of game you'd publish. It was just like, you don't fully know what you're doing on this front yet. You don't really know what you're going on here. Now, let me give you more about Dustborn. Not to make fun of it, but now to give it yeah. more, more of what the fuck is this game. Dustborn is a third-person, single-player, story-driven, road-tripping, action-adventure about hope, love, friendship, and robots, and the power of words. Set in a vibrant and perilous post-infodemic America, inspired by graphic novels, a band of misfits and outcasts must cross a divided continent uh, to transport a mysterious package from California to Nova Scotia. Welcome to the divided states of America. The year is 2030, three decades after the broadcast. You play Pax, ex-con, outcast, con artist, and a normal, yeah, a normal, uh, with superhero powers, superhuman powers, fueled by disinformation. Your job to transport a package across a divided America. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> This is sounding worse and worse. Well, that's just death stranding. Your job is to transport a package across a divided America. Oh, no. But this is not a one-woman job. Uh, The fantastic Oh, I'm sorry. The f- fanatical uh, Puritans are on your ass. The authoritarian justice is in your way, and you're four months pregnant. You need help. Oh you need God. a crew. Joined by a motley mob oh. of misfits with their own weird powers, you must overcome the obstacles that stand in your way through manipulation, subterfuge, and force to reach the final destination and escape your troubled past. If this oh. game is good, it's gonna be the greatest game of all time. <laughs> it doesn't sound bad, right? Like I yeah. like the thing about it. Like that's again, I think the failing of the trailer. And again, everybody who's working hard in this game, continue to work hard. I'm not trying to talk shit about your work just the trailer the the, what i just read like at times seems like they're just throwing in buzzwords and everything else but then you get to this okay weird powers overcome this thing all right that sounds cool you know what i mean the characters are all diverse it seems that's interesting and but it's like that idea of like 
again, reading from the top where they're like, oh yeah, graphic novel inspired, right? Like that's awesome. And I love that. And then you watch the trailer and it's like just that comic box, you know, yeah, for the text or whatever. And I'm like, up. oh, this kind of seems, and, this like, doesn't, cell, it seems messy. Shaded. It doesn't have style to it. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks like, you know, it looks like temp stuff. This all looks like temp stuff. I mean, granted, Deathmore not out yet coming soon is what it says. So whatever. Yeah. My thing is like the more we got from that trailer, the more it reminded me of Season, which is a game that was announced at uh, at uh, the Game Awards. And I actually had it originally as a story here. But like the more I went through the story, the more I was like, okay, no, this is more required reading stuff. Very, I very much recommend if you go on IGN.com, they have a breakdown uh, over preview of, of Season, what that game is and all that stuff. But like it has like a lot of similar stuff there as far as, oh, yeah, this is a game about exploration. It's a game about colorful characters, all this stuff. Um, it this so like you you mentioned right like this feels like quantum dream like getting their their uh feet wet as a, as a publisher and doing all yeah. that stuff and this almost strikes me as a one for us one for them kind of thing where you they <laughs> they publish sea of solitude which is a proven game on nintendo switch and that is a thing of okay cool like this is a safe project that we can do and probably make some money on whereas this feels like them being like all right, Quantic Dream, what are we about? We're about the art. We're about self-expression. We're about doing something dynamic and different in the industry and in the medium. What? And, and they get probably get this pitch for this game, and they're like, perfect. <laughs> like, this is us. <laughs> like, this is what we do. And if you, it, it, it feels like a, a bet in the way that, hey, that we see this as creative, and we want to uplift this as opposed to we see this, and we, want, and we think this is going to be big, and we're going to profit off it all and, and all that stuff. That's fair. And that's uh, definitely, you know, that's what you want to see. You want to see For studios sure. that have made it kick the ladder back down and help small developers come up with other stuff and get their games. I hope out this there. works out because, like, I think, like, from the description, again, this trailer is messy. I think this trailer is very messy, and like, even even a lot of how the description of the game reads, it's all a lot. Um, but you know, I think I, I mean, I think it has some stuff there you know, in terms of like, I I like how the characters look. I like the the art style for the most part. Um, I think the superpower is very, very fascinating. Came out of nowhere in the trailer, but like you know, has potential. Uh, I think there's a game there that that could very well be awesome if they're able to pull everything off. Yeah, for sure. If they could do something really cool, that'd be good. Like if they have something in there. There's a lot going on, and I do not think the trailer sets it up well. But no, I do like things I heard in there and like to see it. Back to your question, where it was, uh, Quantic Dream. Oh, are yeah. we excited for yeah. what they, they'd be doing next if they're teasing that stuff's coming up? Are you said you said in the middle of there when <laughs> Barrett bagged on him, <laughs> like, wait, I like Detroit Become Human. I yeah. feel like that's the general consensus. You know, I'll be very clear. We're talking, of course, about the quality of their work in the games, not obviously the. Well, I mean, we're now we are, but like bringing in the fucking sexual harassment and all the stuff, the toxic workplace allegations yeah, yeah. that had come and their fight with France and all this other stuff. Quantic Dream is always such an interesting even that if you want to remove that from the conversation for a second always such an interesting conversation to have because i feel like if david cage's reputation wasn't so i'm trying to be an artist i'm trying to be an auteur i don't think the games would get as much shit as they get but the fact Mm -hmm. that the vibe and you know the uh 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 reputation and like how he's acted before on certain issues and how he's, I've heard he's talked to people before reads very much like my shit doesn't stink. And I'm the, I'm the best I'm, I'm making art. And so then yeah. when you get something where like, like Detroit become human, art? you make you a know. choice and it's like, they start singing about slavery or whatever. Like, Oh, uh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, like it, 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 it reads a certain way. Um, and yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in, in them as a developer because yeah, like I said before, like I like Detroit become human. I don't think it was like a piece of art 
in terms of like something else that that's medium pushing like i just thought it was a fun game and a good game um i agree to be right i totally agree with you where i yeah i I, I remember it was judges week that year and i took the playstation uh, and i could keep playing it because we enjoyed it but there was i forget what it was uh oh god i don't remember the character's name anymore it was the robot who or the cyborg or whatever huh Kara. No, no, Kara. I didn't have it. Was, it, it wasn't. I didn't have issues with her. The one for us was the the Jesse, whoever he was, like a TV star, or whatever. The the good looking male robot from TV that people loved a lot. Jesse McCarthy is that right? Connor? McCartney. No, Connor is Brian Deckard. I remember him. Whatever. The other one, the one who was the guy, the old man's aide or whatever, and then oh, he got framed for the murder, and then uh, he ran Mark- off. Wait, sure. The 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 cop. No, oh, the, cop, the, cop is, the cop is Connor. I think. Oh, I, I thought you were talking about Martin. the. I thought you were talking about Connor's like buddy, the human dude. Now we're open to that damn fucking dude. No, Mr. yeah, that, Clancy that's Brown. Mi- yeah, that's Mr. Krebs. Sure, Mr. Krebs, yeah. that is except, yes. except in a SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom, the newest one, where they had he, a different he voice wasn't actor. the voice in the original either. That threw me off so hard when really? I first yeah. up that. Game. Oh, in the game, in the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, people are saying it's Marcus. Yeah. Yeah, Marcus, you're right. Okay, so yeah, Marcus, anyway. He makes a... I forget what it is where he goes from, like, zero to a thousand and kind of broke yeah. it for us. Where yeah. it's like, what the fuck? How'd that happen? Like, where he went, uh, I don't think people care in, about like, the span of, like, two days, he, like, uh, went from, like, being thrown in the trash to, like, the leader Leading a of, revolution. Yeah. <laughs> he woke up in a... He woke up in, like, a trash compound or whatever and immediately became, like, Martin Luther King and or Malcolm X, depending on how you play, played the game, right mm-hmm. after that. Yep amazing like again within the span of like two or three days and it's so fucking weird but yeah like i i I will say regarding quantic dream i think them being separated from playstation makes me less excited about what they're working on and i think i think part of that is the prospect of them making games exclusively on playstation meant that they're able to take advantage of the hardware in a way that i always found even though kind of gimmicky i always found kind of fun you know, when sure. you would get into those, those quick time event moments where you would have to, like, shake the controller a certain way. Or, like, I remember playing Detroit, uh, not Detroit, um, Heavy Rain. And, uh, like, the part where you'd have to, like, cut off a finger or do whatever you do in Heavy Rain. You'd have to, like, yeah, move yeah, the controller yeah. a certain way. I always, found that, I always found that gimmicky stuff really fun and really cool. And uh, since they're going third party, I expect that they're going to do that way less. And I wonder if their games mm, are still going to look mm. the way that we've gotten uh, over the course of the last generations uh, because who knows if they feel secure in doing those games anymore because it seems like those have always had a mixed reception and so like I'm curious about the future from that from that standpoint but I'm not as excited about it because I don't know like they're they're gonna lose that luster in a way that I think uh, Supermassive has been kind of making up for but also I feel like they kind of lost it too since like well they did the same thing right yeah. yeah like that I Supermassive don't get me wrong I mean you know a studio that has a lot of interesting cool shit but like after until dawn that was when we were all like oh my god playstation buy these people scoop them up get them done and they didn't instead they went with uh, the bandai namco deal to make um the dark pictures anthology and we've gotten two of those games and neither Neither of them have been great yeah not arguably not even good depending on where you want to come down i only played man of a dan and i i do not remember it fondly either from a technical or story level whoa and it's like Whoa, black man. <laughs> man, uh, and like, yeah, so it's in that, yeah, you played the other one, right? You guys did a first impression, I think, for it. Yeah, I only, only played about the first hour of Little Hope. And even then, like, yeah, some cool I, things I, I about remember it, but... directing that first impressions. And I remember kind of being bored watching you guys play. Yeah. 
and I wasn't even and like, playing. Yeah. Even even before they started doing dark pictures, I felt like they had kind of a dip in quality in terms of um hidden agenda uh was their play link game that they sure. did for PlayStation. And I really enjoyed it. Nowhere near as fun or as uh uh fleshed out as Until Dawn, but like a cool experience to have with friends. Even if that was their their role at PlayStation, you know, to be it was uh if their role was, was to be experimental and put out your Until Dawns, but then also your PlayLink games and then VR games when you want to. I think that'd still be an excellent role for Supermassive. Totally. But right now, yeah, Dark Pictures just hasn't been uh I think cementing them as like the 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 like those guys, right? The way That's that they hurt were their those legacy. Guys. Right. Yeah. I feel like exactly what you're talking about with both Until Dawn, Rush of Blood, and then uh Hidden Agenda. Both of those, like you'd play and you'd be like, Oh, I've, I mean, Rush of Blood arguably is a you know a great on-rail shooter for VR or whatever. So I bring that, but like hidden agenda where you're like, ah, it's fine, it's whatever, it's fun to play for a couple nights with your friends. You'd sit there and be like, Yeah, and this is clearly limited by the fact that they want me to use the device. And I'm yeah, I'm, I, this is built around a phone gimmick or whatever. Like that's cool. I'm glad they experimented. Can't wait for Until Dawn 2. Can't yeah, wait exactly. for that, you know, for them to be focused on one game on one platform and really fucking crush it and have the backing of PlayStation and all this stuff. And then just didn't do it. Now they're over there doing that. And so, yeah, I think Quantic Dream, I'm always going to be interested in what they do next. Like, I loved Heavy Rain. I forget. Was it Bear? Were we having this conversation? If it holds up or not? Heavy Rain. Yeah. Ooh, I feel like this co- conversation comes up a lot. Yeah, maybe I ha- I've had it multiple times. With yeah. Other people too. Like, if we had this conversation, it was like a year or two ago. Okay, I no, want to replay that game so bad because I loved it so much back in the day, and I know for a fact if I played it today, I'd probably be like, "Yo, this." this shit Whatever sucks. game where I talk shit about it, where I was like, or I was defending it, or somebody's like, "I doesn't." I'm like, it's, "It was fucking great at the time." You don't know what you're talking about. Somebody sent me a video and I watched it for a little bit. And it was like, "Ooh, yeah, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. yeah. I don't know about it that." It was like in the last few months when I was directing another PS I Love You, and yeah, yeah you're. I think it was like something about the reveal or like uh, how things come together at the end. Or I, I well, that I, it was always stupid. Like they never yeah, even explain how Ethan Mars just conveniently blacks it, out when it, he needs it. To. Definitely was some rain. specific part where I was like, yeah, the, this thing doesn't hold up. And because you know, I, like, I remember, old man I remember, Miller like ah, back in my day, back in the loved, day, we it was definitely it. And we I never had to say like things don't hold up. And this is what like not I'm not calling you out, but like uh, like people who react to like my hot takes whenever I say like, Oh, like it doesn't hold up or like, Oh, like in today's like standards and stuff, like they always think I'm like coming after like the quality of like what it was when it came out. That's never the case. That's never that's, the case. That's always going to response though. Yeah, you know, I know. Like, like when I said, like when I said, when I said it doesn't age well, people are like, it's always been a great game. Well, I was like, yeah, like it was a great game when there. it came out, man. It's been fucking what? 50, 20 years. How long has that game been out? Uh, it came out in He's talking about Mario 64. Oh, sorry, sorry, my voice. Yeah, and to be fair, to be fair, Barrett, that's because you're wrong. That's because you're incorrect. Mario 64. No, but like, like they'll respond with Mario 64 was great when it came out. Like it was always great, and it's like, all right, that that's not what I'm saying. It's not what I'm saying. Heavy Rain, though, I think it. I I gotta go. I gotta go back and play. I gotta go. I gotta. I gotta know what it's like. You platinum it? Go platinum. It's bad. I don't know if I want to plan them, um, but uh, I forgot. Oh no, we we talked about it. I think for our uh, when we did the segment of uh, I forget what it was called, but the game of the year each year of the decade. That I think that was my pick in 2011, and I think that's how it came up previously on this podcast because I remember having this conversation with Barrett. So there you go. There you go. What's up? Oh, I was, giving, still, I was I, good. I was, no, I was giving a good pregnant pause. Before, uh, okay. like, you know, let people look at their phone to see if it's broken. What's wrong with the podcast? I like fucking with yeah. people. Uh, what do you got for me for PlayStation Picks this week? Uh, of course, PlayStation Picks is where you highlight a few of the cool looking games coming to PSN this week. There are no big hitters. Uh, it's been a very quiet few weeks for PlayStation. Um, but 
there is one pick I got. Very exciting release. Uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the game complete edition. This came out coming out on uh, PS4 on Thursday, January 14th. I got the trailer here, Bear, if you want to play it. Scott Pilgrim is back. Uh, team up with friends to battle yeah, your way. I'm already on it. Today. I'm already on it, bud. Oh, thank you, Barrett. See, yeah, that's why you again, I, I pay attention to the show. I'm not like Kevin playing whatever the fuck game on his phone. You know, playing worms, yeah, worm, worm jazz. That's it. Yeah. Uh, team up with friends to battle your way through waves of tough enemies to fight for love, share health and coins, compete in mini games like dodgeball, and challenge each other to an epic last one standing duel. Um. I remember playing this game back in the day on PS3, and I enjoyed it. I'm very happy that it's back because, of course, it got delisted for whatever reason, was unavailable to play for the longest time, uh, and now on Thursday, that all gets fixed. You excited for this, Greg, at all? Nope. I covered it back in the day at IGN. Like, we'd walk over to Ubisoft and do previews of it, I remember, and, like, Hillary. Like, it was one of those games where usually, you know, you shot out in the office, there's a preview event who wants to go to it. Like, somebody interested in that game, like, there'll be somebody or somebody just wants to go or whatever. This was the one where, like, people had to be turned away. Like, we went over there in droves to play this game. And I went over, I remember, and I just did not dig it. I just, I just like, those side-scrolling beat-em-ups at the time I, I loved. Like, I think it's, like, Streets of Rage, right? Like, that was, yeah, awesome. Or, like, arcade games like Simpsons Arcade or whatever, uh, X-Men. But, like... I remember playing that and just being awful at it and be like, I'm, I'm good. I don't, yeah. I don't need to do anything with this again. I'm glad. I know yeah. people are super excited for it and they miss it and they love it. So go get them. Not trying it has to stop. an excellent soundtrack for sure. That is true. That I would, I would never argue. And I think it's got yeah. a great visual style and stuff, but yeah, yeah. I, I still haven't chosen the game. I'm going to play on Thursday for my streaming slot. This comes out on Thursday. And so I'm, I might, I might give this one a go Ooh, live on stream. Blessing. Here's so, the thing. I've never up, played Bear? this game before. Oh, and like, the, is, the, the, is it online co-op? Oh, I actually don't know. It wasn't back in the day, which I remember being a problem. So I doubt they patched that in. I mean, yeah, that, that seems like it'd be work. Mm-hmm. That would be fun if it was. We if can check was, out the episode. Maybe. If it if it is, we're for sure playing together. Okay. Because that sounds like it'd be a blast. Okay. But that's it for PlayStation Picks. Hold on. I'm doing a Google. That, and I go online co-op. I'm not going to say that's a for sure stream because I'm also playing a lot of Sekiro, which I'll talk about in a minute. And that could be also a... Thing I want to stream because I've been playing that game nonstop. Oh wait, hold on, maybe I'm wrong. Hold on, Ubisoft. Hold on, Control F, Co-op. Barry, uh-huh. me and you might be playing some uh some Scott Pilgrim. I oh no, I, you're I, right. It, uh, you're, it does. I'm reading on Ubisoft.com here. Scott oh, Pilgrim vs. the World, the game complete edition, also includes drop in, drop out, local or online multiplayer, oh. uh, enabling up to four players to walk in. Bless. Yeah, this would be a good time. Dude, I'm not yeah, wrong about the original, right, though? David in the chat says, I can't. No, that's the wrong one. Uh, I don't oh, Hype for Game says, yes, this one has online. Okay. okay. So okay. then it looks like I'm not wrong about the original because I'm very old, but this one has it. There you go. Bless oh, yeah, right. Let's lock that in. Me and you. I'm down. Yeah, let's, grab, let's get some codes for that. We're going to have a good time. PC or PlayStation 5? What do you oh, think? my God. Oh, PlayStation. Okay. Well, give it up, Barrett. All right. Dude, this PC that I'm working on right now is fucking dope. Playing some Jedi Fallen Order. Looks great. 1440p, 60 frames per second. Let me tell Does you. Does this still have all the bugs? Uh, <laughs> you still falling through the floor. He's still having all these. The maps still suck. I feel like I it's, it's less buggy overall on PC than it was like on PlayStation 4 Pro. But it does like still like I, I don't think it was like optimized well for like any like greatly for any of the platforms. So I still get like weird framey things in between like transitioning from gameplay to cutscene. But that's like really all I see. And it's like uh, besides that, it's fucking great. I'm PC. What a great game. With a lot of bugs. 
Blessing. Greg. It's time for what you've been playing. Of course, I see it on both of our lists. This is Bloodborne Month on PS I Love You XOXO, ladies and gentlemen. If you didn't know, last last PS I Love You, we kicked it off, starting a real playthrough of Bloodborne for me. You had just beaten it. Uh, now you're working on all the DLCs. Uh, I've seen so many people. Of course, we streamed it on kind of funny day. We also then on my stream last Wednesday uh, streamed uh, me going after Father Gascoigne. Uh, people talking about uh, Bloodborne left and right. So many amazing tweets of people who have picked it up alongside us. Uh, there was one of my favorite. I think uh, it's going to be impossible to grab right where I just saw it go through. Here it is. Uh, Bubba Fett tweeted at us and said, three years ago, I resold Bloodborne to my, my local GameStop because Father Gascoin whipped my ass. Yesterday, I picked it up again, and now I'm five bosses in. Thanks for the motivation, blessing, and Greg. Uh, hashtag Bloodborne January, <laughs> which we hadn't been calling it, but I like that a lot. Um, where do you want to start? We have so many questions about Bloodborne. I guess, blessing, where are you now with your DLC journey? Oh, I, I beat the what I believe to be the final boss of the DLC. I still have like bosses left that I think are optional bosses, but I beat Orphan of Cost for people who, who understand what that is. Uh, and man, like one, what a difficult boss. It took me <laughs> legitimately a week to beat that boss. I think I spent more time on that boss uh, than I've spent on maybe any other boss in any wow. other video game. And it was very satisfying to beat him. I had a very fun time finding him. Um, but yeah, no, like that was a difficult game, but I, overall really enjoy the DLC. I think the DLC might even be, uh, like the DLC has the best content in the game, which is a rare thing for me to, to say about a video game, because like, I rarely even want to interact with DLC. Cause for me, once I beat a base game, I'm, I'm cool. You're, you're out of the next thing. You're blessing. Love them and leave them at Oh yeah. That's what that's what they call me. I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't know you. I went to middle school with me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you were loving and leaving in middle school. Damn. <laughs> yeah, dude, all my life I've been loving and leaving. But yeah, no, that's that's kind of how. That, I mean, honestly, that is kind of how I like to interact with games. So I'll play something, beat it, cool, on to the next one. And for Bloodborne, the DLC was just so good from the yeah. get go because it is very like it's very hunter focused, which means you are you're fighting a lot of other hunters, which are care which are enemies that fight pretty much similar to how you fight and they'll have different weapons and different fighting styles and all that stuff um but like they're similar to you and those are my, those are some of my favorite fights in the game because it turns into what feels like more of a, a more of a like fighting game than just this um uh you know regular action game where you're fighting through enemies sure. uh, and so I, I really enjoyed that uh i still haven't beat lawrence for people who who ask and so like that's one of the optional bosses in the dlc that I can go back and fight um and the reason why is because I've been playing a lot more Sekiro. Shadows Die Twice. Mm. Talk about it a second, but I know you you probably want to touch on your Bloodborne experience. No, it's all part of the same conversation. This is a rambling conversation about Souls games because it's yeah. now Souls Month on PS. I love you, XOXO. What's going on with Sekiro? Because yeah, last I heard from you, you'd started it really briefly and you weren't in love with it. Yeah, so like I started on the stream last week and I only played like 30 minutes because we didn't have much time to, to mess around. And I came, I came back the next day I forget if I forget if this was live or off air, but like you know, I mentioned to Andy, and I think you, yeah, you were there also. And I was like, I don't know if I'm liking this combat as much as I'm as, as I liked Bloodborne. Uh, like something about how the game moves just doesn't do it for me. And from there, over the weekend, I dove back in and played more. And Greg, <laughs> I love this game. There it is. So there good. it is. That's all there. It is so good. It is. It, it is mind blowing that the same developer made these games because obviously, like they're both souls games quote unquote i know people argue whether or not Sekiro is a souls game uh, but they're both like within that same vein of action games with difficult combat and you're finding the next bonfire or lamp or whatever uh and you're progressing that way 
and like you know it has like linear paths but then also like there are off paths you can go on for optional stuff all that stuff yeah yeah, yeah. cryptic cryptic shit all that stuff uh Sekiro has all that but Sekiro also is very much its own game in the way that uh it moves like there's a jump button you know like there it's there's a lot of platforming elements in the game which i i um didn't catch me by surprise because i've seen trailers and i had started Sekiro before but you know it kind of it kind of lapsed from my memory like the actual gameplay of Sekiro after playing bloodborne for so long and so like you have a grappling hook that'll get you from place to place you have all this different shit uh and so that's been a a, uh learning experience for me but then also the combat is itself is just so different from bloodborne's in the way Mm -hmm. that Bloodborne very much encourages aggression and like fighting back and getting your health back and being in the, your enemy's face, but then also dashing and all this stuff. Whereas Sekiro encourages aggression, but like also doesn't in like different ways. Where okay. um, a lot of people describe Sekiro to me as a rhythm game because it is very much about countering and figuring out the timing of your opponent and when they strike. Uh, Greg Miller from Kind of Funny. If you if somebody hasn't played Sekiro, the mm-hmm. way I had it described to me a lot that people's and I because I only played it for a real brief amount of time. So it's similar to how I drop into Souls games for whatever, an hour and then fuck off. Uh, usually uh, people said a lot of it had a lot of comparisons to Jedi Fallen Order and not that oh, they're yeah. the same hard, the same difficulty or anything. But it was it, as somebody who platinum Jedi Fallen Order. Right. It was very much about not rushing into attack. Let the enemy make the move, parry attack, you know, w- worry about what they're doing rather than be offensive. Think defensively. Yes. Is that fair? Okay. Yeah, like I would say Sekiro is more defensive, but okay. it is way more intense about it. And so like the way the way combat works is you're basically trying to break your opponent's posture. And the way you do that is by attacking them, right? Like, okay. you know, it's like any other game where you're trying to stagger your enemy. The more you attack, the higher their posture bar goes up. And once you break that posture, you can then get in a killing blow. And the stronger enemies have uh two killing blows that they can take. Um and so, like, it is more so about building up that that posture gauge. And, you know, like, if you attack them and they're blocking, their posture beater still goes up. If they're not sure. blocking, their health goes down. And the lower their health is, the higher their posture gauge is going to fill and all this stuff. Basically, oh, and, w- and with that also, the more you don't attack, the more their, their posture gauge goes back down. And so, basically, the game encourages aggression and encourages being in your opponent's, in your enemy's face. Uh, because you want to make sure you're attacking as much as possible to fill that posture gauge so you can give a give a killing blow but at the same time uh the it's not the, the game isn't as lenient or as focused on dashing away from your enemy in the way that bloodborne is or dodge rolling on stuff in the way that bloodborne is like you very much want to be in their face the whole time and keeping on blocking and pairing because pairing will also fill their posture you want to okay. do that stuff as much as possible um and in that way the game becomes about being in your opponent's face, encountering and hitting, encountering, encountering and hitting, and, and doing that back and forth, which does feel like it becomes uh, this rhythm that I feel is very fun and very satisfying and very difficult. Like in the way that last week I said, I think I mentioned that, like you know, I think people overblow how difficult uh, Bloodborne is. Like Bloodborne, difficult at times, yeah, uh, and punishing at times. I don't think it's the hardest game in the world. Sekiro feels as hard as i thought bloodborne was going to be sekiro is it feels so much more difficult um and like i'm having a great time with it like you know the 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 i think the world is interesting the enemies are a similar type of interesting as the bloodborne enemies where like some of the entrances they make uh it's fun you know in their animation and how like unique so many of the enemies feel i'm gonna have a blast with it that's awesome 
yeah. I, I, I like how it works a lot it, it, very similarly to how your bloodborne experience went where you played for a while and enjoyed it or whatever you, you weren't sure how you felt about it and you came back and gave it real time and then got fucking lost in it and now you're like exactly. all in on it yeah yeah, yeah. Similarly, Andrew writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, Greg, now that you're one week into your first deep dive into a souls born title, how are you feeling? I haven't had a, a chance to watch the VODs from the daily live streams yet, but what are you picking out while you play? If you have a shaman like blessing Andy to more, are you getting some tasty lore bits as you play or fi- and finding it engaging or are they helping you find the right path and, and avoid traps? Is anything sticking out to you in terms of design other than just the aesthetic choices? The Souls games are often highly praised for having superior level design. Are you finding yourself noticing any of that? So, yeah, if you haven't seen anything we've been doing or keeping up with my tweets, uh, right now I've beaten Father Gascoigne, uh, Vicar Amelia, Cleric Beast, and the Witch of Hemwick. I'm currently working on uh, Bloodstarved Beast. Is that right? That's the full name? Yeah. Yeah. Is that the, the one at the end of, um, I forget the name of the level. Old, Old Yarnum. Yes, old Yarnum. Yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and and the, I would have uh, Bloodstarved Beast dead, but I used up all my an- antidote, and now I've got to run around and try to farm more antidote. And I know I could just Google it, but it's like literally, I ran out. and I'm like, I don't feel like doing that right now. And this morning, I did a Greg way when I played Bloodborne while I did it. I was like, I'll just farm antidote, and then I ran around and got like one. I was like, God damn it, I got to actually look up where to go get it for whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy Bloodborne. I'm having a good time with it. Uh, I the way what I've talked about is uh, this was a little bit more pre the weekend because I played obviously over the weekend uh, just myself hanging out. I like Bloodborne more on stream. Like I, the streams we've been doing, if you haven't are, it, it is Imran, it is Blessing, it is Andy, it is Snowbike Mike talking to me and not coaching me unless I ask for it, but like being the pep squad, having a conversation, talking about the world. If I start going the completely wrong direction, like, do you want to know? I'm like, yeah, I'll do this kind of thing. Uh, Playing it on my own solo all by myself, I don't enjoy it as much. Like, I, I like it still. I enjoy it. I think the gameplay is great. It's just one of those things that, for me, and I get that this is the game. It, it's this weird push and pull of it, and I'm going to be excited to keep playing it and finish it and see how I feel, you know, after the whole thing's done. But it is this push and pull for me of it doing a lot of things I really like and then a few things I don't like. And I get that it's doing the things I don't like because that's the game it wants to be and the design it wants to have. But it's just still that push and pull of, like, I'm not having as much fun as I could be having if I knew where to fucking go. Like, I, yeah. I you know what I mean? Like, that's my biggest, I, I know this is such a, yeah, games are everything to a million different people. And I get that Bloodborne doesn't want to give you a map and doesn't want to give you a mini map. It wants you to remember the world and know what's going on and that kind of thing. But for me personally, who, you know, I do chores all weekend long or I have to go run an errand or whatever. And I get back and it's like, cool, here's my three hours to play a game, right? Like, it sucks to be playing a game and then not know what you're supposed to do and not feel like you're advancing where you need to advance. Right. Like I, uh, was playing, um, I think, yeah, it is old Yarnum, I believe or whatever, where, yeah, I taken out the spoilers for bloodborne, but you know, I'm pretty early and it wouldn't should matter. And this isn't story story stuff. I took out the guy with the Gatling gun, made my way down into the rafters, uh, burned the thing in the center at the, that was, you know, hanging from the chandelier, and then dropped down to the ground and it was waiting. I was like, all right, clearly this thing that's on fire is going to be a boss. It wasn't a boss. Okay. Like they're up there on that level is a little flashy thing. So clearly I can get to there. So I was like, I'll try to do that. I'm running on the beams. I'm trying to do jumps to get to the thing. I can't do it. I'm falling short. I'm like, why the fuck do I get up there? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm running around and I'm doing it. And I, it was, must've been like 20 minutes of trying to problem solve this level uh, to figure out how to do it. And I couldn't do it. And then finally, like, Luce walked in the room and she watched for a little bit 
She's like, what exactly is going on? I'm like, oh, I'm trying to get over there. Like, she's like, did you get the thing on the altar? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, oh, you're done here. I was like, oh, great. Well, mm-hmm. would have loved to have known that rather than waste his time, like run it back up there. And then, you know, like, again, I'm going to continue to spoil stuff as I go for, again, not huge things, but whatever, you know. And to your point of like, and I know I barely see t- scratch the surface of Bloodborne, but it is the same thing you're talking about where the game, it has such a, you know, this uh, legacy and reputation for being hard. I'm not having that. Like, I don't think it's hard. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's challenging for sure. And it is like, oh, when I fucking lose to a boss, I'm like, should have dodge rolled there, should have had more of this. That's on me. You know, I could have blunderbussed there and blocked him or, you know, got him into a weak state there. It, it isn't so there's a challenge to it but it is very much interesting as you i play through to be like oh like this is such a jrpg of yeah. running into something oh i'm not doing shit damage to you so i'm gonna fuck off the other way grind out these enemies oh i found another optional boss grind that person and then come back and just whip your ass because that's how it went with uh vicar amelia where you know i ran in there i think i fought her maybe twice maybe three times and i was just like oof i'm just not getting damage done and i know that you know she's in the center of that cathedral and there's branching sides each way so i came out and i went to the wife well, i was coming out i went right and that goes into that woods with all the the gunmen or whatever and then into a different down area. like so i just burrowed and burrowed and burrowed and by the time i was like all right time to come back out of that i went and just beat the shit out of her you know what i mean like no problem mm-hmm. and i was like oh well i get how this game works and it was the same thing to the side the right side where there were the two dudes that are hunter look look are look like they're hunters and one of them has like a taser uh, weapon that was the first time i've seen like an electrified weapon he was using on me and you know they beat the shit out of me the first time i ran into them but when i came back hours later fucking climbed them out no problem and so but then it that so i get that and i like i like that about it but then it also does the thing where it works against it where you know i got a beat uh the vicar and i might be get, getting some of this wrong or whatever but stick with me uh, beat the vicar right and that's when the next cutscene plays and then i was like all right cool well clearly now i'm strong enough to take out those guys and go down there i went did those guys and went down there and uh i think it ends with a locked door or whatever or something else or maybe there's an enemy down there i can't fight i don't remember off the top of my head but I, so whatever happened i'm like oh this isn't the right way this isn't gonna actually advance it like i knew i was at a, a dead end in terms of like fuck where do i i went back up you know, I ran around. I hadn't the blood starved beast I had uh, heard about and I had it. But then they're like, it's an old yarn. I'm like, I thought I did everything in old yarn. So I finally I went to the IGN guide, which is just paragraphs and paragraphs of text because there's like no easy way to be like, you do this, then you do that. And I was like, oh, it's in old yarn. And it turns out that there's this like fucking staircase there that's just so dark. I didn't see. I was like, all right, cool. So I ran down. There. But it was also like like while, while I'm here, what the fuck am I really supposed to do? Because that's an optional boss. And it's yeah. oh, like now you know the password for that door because the cutscene told you the password when it didn't. I was like, oh, well, I was listening to Hamilton. <laughs> I was listening to Hamilton and like they were talking about Jeremy or some shit. I didn't realize that. I'm like, that makes sense. Okay. And then I, then I had that moment though of like, wait, where the fuck's that locked door? That locked door was like X amount of hours ago. I don't fucking remember where that is. And it's like that kind of shit where it's just like, I get the idea behind it. I get the game they want it to be of like, there are secrets and you should talk to your friends and you maybe you read a guide. Maybe you don't, maybe you remember all this stuff. Maybe you want to go, you remember it in this area. And it's like, I get all that. And I'm not saying I need the Ubisoft. Here's a dotted yellow line, you know, that goes exactly where you need to be, but just a fucking like resident evil map. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, that uh, had like a red line. So I remember that door is locked and I know there's something there. I've, I've explored that far would be nice. Yeah. It's like that, like that, that, it takes me back to like a uh, Jedi fallen orders map where you know that 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 game was very playable you know even though it had a lot of qualities it was souls like because that map helped out so much yeah. and like bloodborne feels like in some ways it kind of wants to be 
uh metroidvania e not in the way that like you gain new abilities and all that shit but in the way that the maps laid out and how you kind of want to return and go back and explore these different paths and see where these paths take you because I'm, I'm i'm i was in a similar boat where i went through old yarnum and like struggled through that area for like a couple days and got to the blood star beast and did all, all that stuff and i did not realize it was optional and so i beat the blood star beast and i was like oh that's it all right cool and like i'm not mad i did it because i was yeah, I, no. either way i would i would have ended up doing it but like you know any sort of uh not even not even linearity but like a nudge in the right direction or to know which path is the critical path would help because right now even in Sekiro in Sekiro I have like three different uh paths I'm on right now that I'm switching back and forth from because like at a certain point there are a couple of forks in the road in the road um and like I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I know which one is the critical path because it seems like the one that's most most important for what my mission uh as the main character is but even then I'm like okay well that one has kind of come to this weird end that I'm trying to figure out and then I have another path I'm going on here that takes me back to the Harada estate and like I'm making my way through that and now I'm like fighting Lady Butterfly whereas over here I make my way up a mountain uh and like I don't know what the purpose is of like two of these paths, but I'm just taking them just because. Um, <laughs> just gotta do it. <laughs> yeah, and like any sort of help there would be cool. Even though I'm with you that I I understand the game that they're, that they're making, right? Like they're trying to build this world that is full of mystery, full of the unknown. And you know, once I get to the end of one path, I'm gonna go somewhere else. I'm gonna realize that oh, this is now cluing me into what this part of the world was. Wow, that's really cool um and like when i get there you know that's gonna be awesome but i totally feel i totally feel your frustration as far as yeah be nice to, to like not get be lost all the time and that's like what helped me a lot when i was playing with emron and other folks nudging me in the right direction and that's why i it, i it's one of the reasons i think i like playing on stream so much is that it's still giving i because it, it is that thing that i love the gameplay of bloodborne i love engaging in both enemies i've never seen before and then you know like oh Last, you know, after I did Vicar Amelia, I needed uh, pretty much all my vials back. And I was like, I know I could probably grind somewhere here, but I'll just go back to that area we did on stream on day one. And, you know, just running back there and like, you know, coming back for the first time in a couple hours and just, you know, I mean, just clown destroying yeah. everything, especially to run into things that had given me a challenge before. And I'm taking out wolves and I'm taking out giants and it's no big issue, right? It's just, it's, a, I like that feeling. I enjoy that empowerment. And it's that interesting thing of, that area from so long ago is still so okay i know what to do and where to go because i ran different routes on it whereas again i'm just gonna end up googling it whatever where tonight where that locked door is i don't know if, i mean you know what i mean like i was already into a new area and i ran into a dead end where i needed a password and i clicked on it and it's like you don't know the password i'm like all right and i fucked off and i don't remember where that is exactly and it's like mm -hmm. that is not a game breaking thing this is not a it ruins my enjoyment of the game or anything shit like that it's just like one of those like the small things there's like all right like i don't like opening the walkthrough i don't like having to go in there and look at it right and, it, and especially for something like it's not that i'm being challenged by a character or a boss and i have no idea how to beat it i'm sure that'll come but it, it is instead just like well i'm this badass hunter and i have no fucking idea where i left my car you know <laughs> like, yeah oh, where yeah. The fu i can clear out everything but am i even in the right area of the map to get back to what i need to <laughs> all right figure it out yeah. but i'm enjoying it like i do want to play more i, I i'm ex excited to see it through the, the first boss uh or like not the first boss one of the early bosses i've encountered in uh sekiro is this guy named uh i think it's genichiro or genichiro um and i he's been described to me as uh sekiro's quote-unquote father gascoigne 
And okay. I was like, okay, you know, I've played these games now. I know what I'm getting into. And like, you know, I've, I think I figured out the flow of the combat and that dude beat my ass a lot. <laughs> like in the way, in the way that in Bloodborne, I didn't have any, I didn't have much issue with bosses outside of the final boss of the main game. And then the final boss of the DLC. Sure. Um, dude, fucking Sekiro, Genichiro kicked my ass uh and i and i like I, I came around like it took me like a full day maybe a day and a half to like actually beat them uh and that was such a satisfying thing for me uh but i, I off of that i want to ask you like have you been feeling that satisfaction of killing bosses and like feeling like how much do you like the combat system in the game i love the combat system and yes okay. i've had that that uh uh, uh um satisfaction of beating them and it, but and i like it because i feel it's the appropriate uh level of challenge for it right and i look at i I scroll back up to look at my list of beaten bosses right and like i thought the witch of hemlock was such a great example where it was that Mm -hmm. you know i go in there spoilers for this whole fight not that it's a big one it's optional you go in there and like you know i'm in the fog or whatever cool one of the big hairy like weird lanky dudes with the sickle comes at me i beat his ass and then like you know this little pink thing goes and another one pops and they kill him and another one i'm like oh okay i get it you know kill them start running around find her who's not a threat at all just slash at her she goes you know and you keep doing it. and then i fucking beat her and i'm like got it and then the second life bar comes up and i'm like motherfucker yeah. <laughs> there's another witch to fight okay but it was that motherfucker of like ah uh, you cheeky bastard like that's that's good i like that a lot like i do love those initial fights with them figuring out what they're going to do right getting that what's the next uh wave going to be what is their attack you know right now with the blood star beast again like to go in there and be like, all right, I was doing really well, I thought, on my first thing, not even, you know, really knowing what's going on. And then to get poisoned, it was like, ah, okay, here's the rub, right? And then trying to figure out, I've never been poisoned. I guess I have, actually, but I've never noticed it in any real way. It's never actually been a threat. And this time, it's such a threat. So it's like, fuck. And then it's like, all right, I really have to counter you and get off the uh, the critical attacks. What are they called? I forget. Oh, the viscerals. Viscerals. Uh, I got to get in there and get that done or whatever. So like, it's like, you know, a new way to fight that thing very specifically. But then again, to my point, not that I hate it by any stretch of imagination, but it it sucks to be like, man, I got it. And I can't wait to do this again. All right. To Google who drops antidote. Cause I can't, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like I have a save right outside of the door. I got to go do this again. And again, you can one hand wash at the at the back in hunter's dream sure but i can get it for free if i grind it and like it, it's one hand wash to the other right where i go and i grind for the antidote but i'm also getting the echoes so i'm actually going to end up leveling up my stuff yeah because that's the thing of going in there I, I love going in and you know talking to the doll leveling up my stats coming back and actually feeling that change like i was talking about for the other thing and you know enemies who have stopped not stopped me but i was like all right you know what clearly you're not i'm not leveled for you appropriately to double back and fight them i do dig but yeah it's this is weird pacing issue but it's it is all that said i still want to play it like i still want to get back to it tonight you know what i mean i still want to do more with it but it is also that thing that i do worry of as much as i am enjoying it i do feel like if there was another game that dropped that i was like oh shit this is what i want to play i would bounce yeah you'd be you know what i mean drop it like yeah. I, it's it's got i it's say it's clearly not you know the same as i would after playing an hour of it where i was like i get what bloodborne is in reading and listening and now that i've played it i'm like i get what bloodborne is and i enjoy it but i I, it's similar of like Barrett while we're here 
let's talk about hashtag PSI love photo mode. All right. Uh, each and every week uh, we ask you to go out and capture your best images in photo mode for any PlayStation game. Uh, then you tweet at, or I'm sorry, you just tweet the hashtag hashtag PSI love photo mode. Uh, we run through, we pick our favorites. We give out a winner, right? Uh, I picked last time to do bloodborne. Uh, if you want to go through uh, Barrett, if you're ready, uh, the first runner up here is that dude cam this beautiful shot i thought of the hunter oh my going god steps this is an area i don't believe i've been to yeah no i have not been here for sure and i just love the colors of it and the way they pop and what's going on that's cameron wick on twitter put that one out uh if you want to go to the next one here from uh so loading on my screen you got it uh nick aka roy Na- or royak Na- you you row roy Ak- neck yeah it's yeah yank so row yank row yank but Nick is who I'm going to say. Uh, le- quote, leave the hunting to the hunters uh, to me, Eileen the Crow. And this just great one framing uh, with the sickle of Eileen and the sun over there. I thought that was a really good one. But then to my point, what I was driving at a second ago, the, the winner here uh, comes from Grady. Has this joke been made yet? And it's just a black screen with the Bloodborne Platinum popping. It had not been made yet, Grady. And I thought that was hilarious. So I put it there, right? Because that's how I feel. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, because I obviously haven't looked ahead in my trophies because I don't want to spoil anything for myself. Blessing Bloodborne is an obtainable platinum. It's it seems like mm. can I get it on one playthrough? Like yeah, I don't like when you can double back, right? So I, I you you know better than me if I beat the game if it immediately puts me into like now it's a new game plus like there's auto save there's nothing yeah it'll for. you'll have you'll have to like fuck with the saves a bit because okay. basically there are are multiple endings you can get. Okay. Um, but once you beat the game, it immediately puts you in a new game plus. And so basically okay. you'll want to like get to the point before you can beat the game and then create a save, whether it's a cloud save or sure. if you do what I did, I, I got a USB and put nice. my save on there because I, I did not want to fuck that up. Um, but you, you can get, you can get those, uh, those endings, uh, in one playthrough and then keep like, keep on going and do all the other required stuff. And it seems very, uh, very attainable. The one thing I'm not positive on is the chalice dungeons. Cause I haven't touched those. Sure. And it seems like there are trophies attached to that. And that seems like they might, those seem like they might be a bit difficult, but still attainable. Yeah. For me, it's like, uh, like that's all there. And I know, you know, I know like a Brian got the platinum and the stuff and it's like that thing where I look, I, from what I've played and how I've been playing and stuff, like I'm excited to beat it. Like I don't, I'm not excited to go back and platinum it. But again, maybe like what you're talking with Sekiro and how your blood store, blood, uh, born store playthrough went too. like, maybe as I continue to do this, it will click in a different way where I am anxious to go back and do that or whatever and have that. So it's, it's this weird thing right now where I still, I mean, I'm still early in the game, right? When I put up the, one of the last bosses I beat on Twitter, somebody's like, oh, you're a fourth of the way through the game. So like, there's more to do and lots happening still, but I yeah. get it. You know, I get it and I'm in it, but it's also like, man, DC Universe Online's 10 today. I need to, I need to get in there. I need to go claim my oh, reward yeah. and see what's up. And then who knows what happens from there. But yeah. The, the, big, the biggest compliment I could probably even give uh, Sekiro and Bloodborne with my playthroughs right now is uh, within like these first few months of the year, there are like a few games that I'm very much looking forward to, right? Hitman 3 is like one of my most anticipated games. And also like, I think Persona 5 Strikers is out next month. And like, if we got codes for either of those games, yeah, it's during my playthrough of Sekiro, I'd probably be like, fuck man, I, w- I really just want to keep playing Sekiro. Which Damn. is like, a high, that's the highest compliment I can That is a high compliment. How yeah, much yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying it right now. And so, uh, yeah, no, like it, it definitely got its hooks in me in a way that I, I did not anticipate. I'm very excited to see you continue to play and see where, see where that goes because you know like i think the base game for me i like i i i loved after being the base game but the dlc really took up took it up a notch in a way that i wasn't expecting i'd be excited to like see you play through the, the dlc too but i also wouldn't say that you should if you if you finish bloodborne and you're like okay cool that was awesome but like 
you know, not my biggest jam. I wouldn't necessarily say you need to play the DLC by any means. But sure. If, if you get there, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, we'll keep seeing as we roll on with Bloodborne month here. Of course, it's never too late to join us, ladies and gentlemen. Jump on that train. Bloodborne. You can play it right now. Of course, if you've got that PlayStation 5, you got that uh, PlayStation Plus collection. Go and get it there. Uh, Blessing, before we transition over to trophies and chill here, uh, what is your photo mode request for next week? Ghost of Tsushima. Ah. Yeah. I like there's not really anything particular this week that's going on. So I figured, you know, why not let's why not do do uh probably my favorite photo mode in the game? Uh, because Ghost of Tsushima's photo mode was fantastic. And uh I've seen a lot of wonderful art in the last, I guess, half year of that game being out. And so give me your best Ghost of Tsushima photo modes. Hashtag PSLO photo mode. For now, we go to trophies and chill. This, of course, is where one of you writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games, giving us your PSN name and why you want us to look at your trophies. Today, it's Keenan Delaney who writes in and says, 2020 was a big year for trophies for me. I managed to get 32 platinums throughout the year. My goal for 2021 is 100 plats by the end of the year. Uh, if you want to follow along as we look at trophies, it's MantisMD94 over on psnprofiles.com. And right there at the top, we're playing that Maneater. I've seen a lot of people talking about Maneater again. Granted, PlayStation it Plus, does. I understand why. Yeah. Yeah. Did you did you get into Maneater? Did you ever play Maneater? No, I never booted it up. I don't I don't even think I've seen gameplay of Maneater. It's just oh, one really? that I've heard people talk about. Yeah, I know you play as a shark. Yeah, and you played it. You talked about it on the show. I, I, yeah. I hear uh Snow Mike Mike and Jared Petty talk about it all the time, I feel like. Yeah, Jared I Petty played, really I, I, I started it and played a couple hours or whatever that first night we did a PS I love you stuff on it. Like it was one of those very much like, oh, okay, cute. Like it just wasn't like enough to keep me around, but I know that I'm in the minority of people who played it. I know yeah. people. Really, it's really it's an action. It's it's a game game, right? Like it's not Goat Simulator. No, no, yeah, you have objectives. You're leveling up. You have enemies to go do. There's challenges and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if it, if it was Goat Simulator, I would be more inclined to play it because. Yeah. Oh, really? Like, I no, yeah. This is I, this is like yeah. a it's a shark PG. I think is what they call it. It's an RPG oh. where you're the shark, so you're leveling and doing stuff. Yeah, um, it's more. Is it more of a the... game than than a uh, than entitled Goose Game? Is it more of what? Is it like more of like a like when you say it's a shark PG? It sounds like there's more. There are more games. Oh yeah, there's more than there's there. more going on than a title Goose Game. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. If yeah, I'm gonna play as an animal, I just want to fuck around. You're leveling up, and you're getting different. Like you're getting electric teeth or whatever kind of teeth you want to put in and shit like that. Yeah. Like those choices you're making. What yeah, are you gonna say, Bert? They actually got the Cyberpunk uh, platinum Good for them. Yep, I saw that. Yeah, Resident Evil Three is the uh, latest platinum, and then right before that was Cyberpunk 2077. Yep. I'm wow. very much Red Skull and like fucking. Uh, infinity war there <laughs> you seek you have what I, what is it I don't you're here seeking know. what i cannot have or whatever yeah, the fucking yeah, quote yeah, was yeah, it was good yeah. and i fucked it up sorry uh only 13 trophies in marvel's avengers was just an embarrassment but uh, you got a platinum I mean, in like, demon souls ps5 an embarrassment really good, embarrassment really good that, game, that seems though. like a very acceptable amount of trophies Let's see, though, seems like drop more off. trophies than most people got in that game you know nah, that's true yeah. that's true <laughs> uh demon souls you got a platinum there on ps5 Mar- spider-man remastered ps5 bugs next ps5 these are all platinums great job Sackboy, twenty three or forty six. Uh, then you got Mar- we are all like singing that song every week. You know? Bugsnacks, we can oh, we can oh, still do a weekly Bugsnacks sing along. No, really Bugsnacks was on, uh, was a twenty twenty game. We have to oh, let it stay in twenty twenty. What now, here's a, here's another insult. Six trophies in everybody's golf. Come on, everybody's golf. Everybody's I don't, golf. I don't feel like I was popping a lot of trophies in everybody's golf. And I, I no, it's not. Game. It's it's very it's very. Uh, uh, meticulous what do you call it? yeah that's that's a great way to put it yeah. yeah stingy you know what i mean they're not just giving them out until dawn got like probably like had to get all the uh fucking endings and shit right yeah, yeah 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 they did that in one day in two hours Jeez. wait hold on a second hold on a second road bustle got the platinum in nine minutes and four seconds what look it up greg 
I'm looking at it right now. It's just score some points. All right. All right. Well, that's I'm definitely looking into that. Don't worry about that. We're looking into it. I'm leaving that one open. I'm Persona 5 Royal, much respect, in three weeks. And got the platinum in an hour and in 35 minutes. Which one? Uh, Inksplosion. Oh, dude, dude. No, 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 no. I don't fuck with Explosion. Explosion. <laughs> I, I, I had installed and I started and I was like, I hate this. I'm, this isn't even worth it for me. I'm not even going to do it. Goodbye. But I respect you did it. Psychonauts, Jack 2. There's a whole bunch of great Platinums on here. Last of Us Part 2, SpongeBob SquarePants, Battle Hell for Bikini yeah. Bottom. That's a good Platinum right there. It's a little, there's like a little grinding for like uh currency. Did you get it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it on um stream last year. Uh, nice. There was like, I had to put like two hours into like collecting uh like the currency in that game. Yeah. Um, but that was like pretty much it. And then just like play the rest of the story. So, And then of course, Bloodborne Platinum. There it is. Good Congratulations. Job. Mantis MD ninety four. Holy, holy shit! Hold on. So like, wait, where are you seeing Bloodborne? On, uh, their, on the game. Uh, yeah, like, it's, it's like higher up. Um, okay. Well, the crazy thing is, like, you know, like Last of Us Part Two, SpongeBob, Crash, Warped, Uncharted Three, and then just like this whole list are all games that they've platinumed. Mm-hmm. Like, holy fuck, you've platinumed a lot of games. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, right now, if you're wondering how close they are to uh, getting that their 100th platinum there at 84. So you are very much in the obtainable area for 100. Don't worry yeah. about that. Oh, and thank yeah. you for telling me about Road Bustle. Remember, you can ride into patreon.com slash games if you want your PSN profile dug into. Of course, that's where you can ask us questions. Of course, that's where you can get the post show we are about to record because this is PSI love you XOXO blessing and I get together each and every week nerd out about all things PlayStation you like that you come hang out with us we have a great time isn't that right Mark Freeman in the chat Roman Waters in the chat hype for games in the chat that was a great Mark Freeman impression I didn't know we had him on discord there he was that was Mark right there (laughs) blessing did you have some fun today I had a lot of fun today good I'm glad ladies and gentlemen we got a post show to do but until next time it's been our pleasure to serve you